My name is James Rowlands, and in 2015, I started the Dobbinell podcast with my friend, Dan White. And for nearly five years, we have brought you the very best of the network, but it's time for a change. Now we don't just confine ourselves to Vinnie Mac, bringing you AEW, Impact, NJPW, and all the latest from the British wrestling scene. But we will still bring you all of our old favourites, including NXT, and like last night, another live takeover. Tonight, we bring you the Survivor Series pre-show. The WNR are live. So yes, hello, and as always, I'm joined by Dan White. And like I say, we are live again to Survivor Series, but what a night last night takeover was, Dan, eh? Absolutely brilliant. There was not a weak match on the whole card. Definitely worth the watch. Enjoyed it thoroughly. Yeah, with that shadow of that, before we do anything, let's do the alternate intro. And I saw Rocketman a few weeks ago, so I've been doing Elton John stuff. And this time, Dan, I thought it was one that we could do together on the live show. What do you reckon? Go for it. Go for it. All right. I'm not done if I can see it, but Dan, don't go breaking my heart. I couldn't if I tried. Honey, if I get restless. Baby, you're not that kind. Now, don't go breaking my heart. You take the weight off of me. Oh, honey, when you knock on my door. Ooh, I gave you my key. Ooh, ooh. Nobody knows it. When I was down. I was your clown. Ooh, ooh. Nobody knows it. Right from the start, I gave you my heart. Ooh, ooh, I gave you my heart. So don't go breaking my heart. I won't go breaking your heart. Don't go breaking my heart. That sounded really threatening towards the end, but that is the obviously the intro. And, uh, of course, now the proper intro. On the show, we have all the latest news, shout-outs, along with two very special Survivor Series surprises. Of course, running through the card, but we start first with a rundown of what's been going on this week. Yeah, and we start with Raw, and it's the 18th of November. Well, Becky Lynch opened the show with a promo calling Anya Basler. The Iconics interrupted, upset that they weren't considered for Raw Women's Survivor Series team, and Lynch challenged them to a handicap match. They accepted, but Charlotte Flair showed up anyway to make it a tag. Well, Samoa joined on the commentary team for the episode as Dio Madden is still dead. Well, Becky Lynch and Charlotte Flair defeated the Iconics by submission in short order when Flair and Lynch did simultaneous finishes to Billy Kay and Peyton Royce, respectively. After the match, Shayna Baszler, Jasmine Duke and Marina Shafir attacked Flair and Lynch. Flair and Lynch chased them out into the crowd but were stopped by security. Lynch punched, Lynch punched one of the security guys in the face. Fair plays were a Charlie Caruso interview, Zach Ryan and Kurt Hawkins about their scheduled Raw Tag Team Championship match later tonight. AOP interrupted and got in Hawkins and Ryder faces and attacked them. Go, it's good to see Authors of Pain back again. Yeah. Well, Humberto Carrillo defeated Carl Anderson. The street prop ringside to counter Luke Gallows and AJ Styles. Gallows interfered by choking Carrillo on the top rope allowing Anderson to grab Carrillo in a small package. Montez Ford rolled them over, so Carrillo pinned Anderson. 
Number three, Bobby Lashley defeated Noe Jose. Lana revealed that she's taken out a restraining order on Rusev and that he can't come within 90 miles of her and Lashley. After the match, Lana and Lashley made out some more. Well, Seth Rollins versus Andrade for Rollins' spot on the Raw Men's Survivor Series team. And Lucha House Party attacked Rollins and then Andrade. Rollins made the save for Andrade and they agreed to have another match sometime soon. Well, Buddy Murphy knocked on Alistair Black's door and challenged him. Murphy walked away and Black answered the door, confused, because Black is scared of my man, Buddy Murphy. Yes, because uh, it was Alistair Black that walked away pooing himself, wasn't it? <laughs> well, Triple H arrived at the arena. And Buddy Murphy defeated Alistair Black. Oh, no, sorry. Akira Tozawa with Murphy's Law. After the match, Murphy tried to knock on Alistair Black's, uh, Black's door again, but Black answered and stared him down. And it was a good job that Buddy Murphy was wearing dark trousers. Well, Eric Rowan defeated Alex Malcolm. Malcolm was a jobber, of course. R-Truth chased the Bollywood boys to the ring during the match, leading to Rowan attacking them as well. Rowan won with his iron claw slam, He's still carrying a mystery pet to the ring. Ooh. And with Ryder and Hawk is injured, Randy challenged the Viker Raiders to face him in the mystery partner in the match later tonight. But going back to that mystery pet thing, do you think it could be a snake? Because we're, we're coming up to an anniversary on that, aren't we? Oh, that is a very good shout. I think it's uh, a ferret. A <laughs> ferret? Well, it's like... <laughs> I was say a few years back, uh, Magic Man got bitten by Jake the Snake, but a ferret bite could be deadly, I suppose. Uh, we move on, and Kevin Owens versus Drew McIntyre ended without result when Triple H interrupted with NXT Styles blocking a ramp. Triple H brought over Owens as a guy who doesn't fit the mould of the main roster, and Tease asked him to return to NXT. That would never happen. Random Raw wrestlers attacked the NXT guys. The Unsputed Era attacked Owens. Triple H looked visibly upset with Adam Cole. Yossi made the save, chasing the Unsputed Era into the crowd. Yes, and we've got Humberto Carrillo facing AJ Styles for the United States Championship next week. Yeah, can't wait. Paul Heyman made Brock Lesnar versus Rey Mysterio survive through the no-holds-barred match. Mysterio responded to the announcement saying he's not afraid and he's coming for both revenge and the WWE Championship. Well, Raw Tag Team Championship match, the Viking Raiders versus Randy Orton and a mystery partner who was Ricochet, my actual dream team. Uh, it ended in a no contest. Ricochet was Orton's mystery partner. During the match, SmackDown stars invaded the backstage area and attacked the Raw roster. Eventually, they made their way to ringside and attacked the participants in the tag match. This Raw versus SmackDown versus NXT fight to sell Survivor Series. Triple H gave Raw and SmackDown an open door to appear on NXT next Wednesday. And as we saw, they did accept. And then we had SmackDown. And as far as it's just minutes away, and the all-out war between Raw and SmackDown and NXT has now reached boiling point. Throwing a few more title feuds bubbling away. And this one's shaping up to be one of the best pay-per-views of the year. So these are the four things we learned from Friday's show. DX show why NXT are the MB- MVPs of Survivor Series 2019. The problem with Survivor Series the last few years hasn't just been that Raw versus SmackDown had got a little stale. Well, the two real problems were the lack of staleness or implications beyond bragging rights that barely lasted till the next week of WTV and the ever-dissolving brand split that meant brand loyalty was meaningless anyway. On the latter, we've now got a hard brand split between the wrestlers for the first time in what seems like forever, which gives this inter-brand warfare a bit but this split is still pretty new and with the draft still fresh in our memory there doesn't seem to be any reason for Raw or Smackdown stars to really care about whether they bleed red or blue 
What's more, it comes on the heels of months of stars crossing brands every week, sometimes multiple times a week, and the horror of the wild card rule. So we're not quite ready to care about brand versus brand just yet. Well, on the formula start, any official states, fumble spots, mania car position, etc. up for grabs. But what we do have is NXT. Well, NXT have everything to prove against their main roster brothers. And it's their repeated invasions and incursions that have made this year's Survivor Series build so much better than the last couple. Well, a newer kid on the block shown they're no longer developmental, but now on proper telly. And every bit as powerful as the bigger siblings, NXT is the story of Survivor Series 2019. And that was capped off with an old-school DX-style invasion of SmackDown led by Triple H and Shawn Michaels in an army jeep. Well, assuming that NXT aren't completely a bit wrecked on Sunday night, Survivor Series and its uh, invasions will have done wonders to get these wrestlers in front of a whole new audience. Yeah, so number two... Two... ...is Bray Wyatt versus Daniel Bryan is a defining feud for The Fiend. Bray Wyatt builds anticipation better than anyone in the WWE, having carried a WrestleMania feud with The Undertaker entirely single-handed a few years back. Yeah, but he lost that feud, and that seemed to be the pattern for Bray. You build, build, talk, lose. Well, this time around, it's different. Not only has The Fiend captured the gold, Bray looks impervious once he's got the mask and somewhat very fucking annoying red lights one. Yeah, should they be blue lights now we're on SmackDown? I think you're right though, yeah. <laughs> you know, Brandis. Uh, he made a statement against a number of legends and beaten Seth Rollins, but now's the time for The Fiend to have this defining feud. Well, Bray Wyatt and Daniel Bryan go back years and years, with the Wyatt family doing more than anyone to almost derail the Yes movement as it was gathering pace. And if the Fiend really is here to stay, then he's here. he has to beat Daniel Bryan. And through and beyond, there really should be a feud that defines the new Bray Wyatt one way or the other. Number three, Shinzuki fucking Nakamura and Sami Zayn have a sexy new WWE Intercontinental Championship. Yeah, I mean, that said, you're not really fighting for belt, but there's a new... Uh, but, I mean, the Intercontinental title, Dan, what do you think of the uh, What do you think of the designer? Sami Zayn was pretty happy about that coming out, wasn't he? You know? I, I think it's it's a grower. It's one that's I, I think is going to grow on you. It certainly looks better than the Raw and SmackDown title belts. It's not nowhere near in the league of the NXT UK belts. It's It is up there, though. Yeah, I mean, the main W Championship and Universal titles get a lot of grief because they look awful, and so does the tag team division as well. The 24-7 title has been dismissed as a joke because it's a watch-strap appearance. One title that has always been well-loved is the IC belt, with its white leather and gold standing out among all the other straps. Yeah, and Cody Rose also said that when asked if they changed strap because he was the one that kind of brought it back. You told me, actually. Uh, Cody was the one that brought it back. The fact he said, well, no, you just need to change it sometimes for new. And you said there was another reason, which was a lot simpler than that as well. Um, yeah, the main reason is is because they wanted to have side plates on it, which Shinzuki Nakamura has actually got his like embezzled side plates on it, which, you know, that is a good point to it. Yeah, well, Nakamura has slowly been returning a bit of luster to the Intercontinental Championship on his current run, and he can do a bit more against Project Strong and Asian Styles at Survivor Series in a champ v. champ v. champ match. And when that's all over, he needs a significant feud or two back on SmackDown to, reali- to really take this new bout to the next level. And number four, Shania Basler is surely headed to Raw SmackDown after Survivor Series 2019. Well, don't call me Shirley, but it does look obvious because over the last years, since its inception, we've only had one two-time NXT Women's Champion. 
Well, over a two-range, Shania Baz has held top for nearly 400 days now, just behind Oscar, 510 days in the rankings. And in this bubbling cross-brand feud with Becky Lynch and Bailey, she's more than held her own. She's been the woman to watch and the woman to beat. On SmackDown, Bailey tried to get the jump in the NXT style with a sneak attack, but Baz was just too strong for her. Although Bailey had the last word, she was also the one running off by the end of the scuffle for self-preservation before Sunday's matchup. Well, anything can happen in a triple threat match, of course, very Ripley sneaking into pin Charlotte Flair while she had Sasha Banks in the figure eight was the top of last night's show with a case in point. So while Basler may not win on Sunday, she's proved that she's no lesser talent than Bailey, Becky, or any of the so-called main roster. And even if the NXT proves its equality or even supremacy to Raw and SmackDown, we're expecting Shane to move on soon after the weekend. I mean, the thing basically is that she's still got to drop a title, and hopefully, with what happened last night at TakeOver, we'll see that sooner rather than later. But what are your thoughts on Raw and SmackDown this week? I thought that was entertaining. I do like these cross-branded things and invasions. You know, you, you know you're definitely not going to get any proper matchups throughout the night on Raw or SmackDown because one way or another, someone's going to come in and something's going to happen in the match. But, you know, this is probably the only time that it's actually acceptable and I don't mind it as much. Yeah, I think without a doubt, I think that's what we've seen. It's been for Survivor Series. And I'd just like to say thank you, everybody, for uh, listening here tonight, as you did last night as well. It's always great to be live here on the Dublin Podcast. Look towards these kind of big events as we have TakeOver and Survivor Series. And nothing else we like to do more as well on the live shows than with the shout-outs. Yes, well, our first one is Ricky Madison. And why no tradition match of Survivor Series where top champs of each brand fight? Well, so it would be Brock versus Fiend versus Cold. Cole, nowhere to be seen. Well, Brock's going against Mysterio, Fiend's going against Daniel Bryan, and Cole's going against the winner of the triple threat match last night, Pete Dunne. Yeah, but would you rather see a triple threat match with all three involved, or what the matches are at the moment? I would rather see what the matches are at the moment. It would kind of condense it, it would turn three matches into one, but I think the way it is now, because you've got like the brand supremacy ones, which are the Team Raw versus Team SmackDown ones, and you've got like the women's titles and uh, and such, like you know the the mid card titles as well going off. So I th- I think you know possibly having a new championship or champion would be good because we didn't see anything like that last night in uh, NXT. So yeah, I think having the championship the championship defended is a good point in this. No, that's shadow of a doubt. Uh, it would be an interesting matchup. I think it would be Adam Cole who would lose in this in that situation. Situation. Uh, but it would be interesting to see what they would do in that way. Maybe next year if NXT is involved, then again they can say for the first time ever NXT champion versus these two champions as well. You know? They don't want to burst all their first time ever bubbles. Yeah, exactly. So you still got that to go, but still a nice shout out. Uh, David Johnson says, pretty sure they haven't announced Team NXT because they need to see Phil's and who's cleared to compete after war games. And that probably couldn't be true after last night as well. Well, I don't know because um, Adam Cole's actually got a match and I think he took the worst beating the night. Yeah, no, to be fair. And uh, Triple H has said today that he is cleared to compete, but a little bit banged up. So we're going to see what happens. And I mean, and this is the problem uh, with having to uh, take over right before Survivor When you've got the NXT talent involved, that you ask a lot of questions, especially when the Unspeaked Era were on uh, Friday Night Smackdown as well, you know, facing off with uh, the New Day and Heavy Machinery. So, yeah, so, so they fought like f- t- twice, two nights in a row, 
They're going to fight tonight, all of them, and they're possibly going to fight again on Monday Night Raw, depending on what happens. So, yeah. a busy weekend for them, but I'm sure they're getting really well compensated for it. Yeah, without a doubt, it'll be interesting to see who the NXT teams are. And uh, I don't think we've discussed if there's going to be bonus points on the line for it or not later tonight. So... I, I don't know, we'll, we'll, we'll have a discussion oh, when we're not live <laughs> to yeah. talk about it. Uh, but anyway, uh, yeah, I mean, to be fair, there was a lot of punishment taken last night. We'll see how banged up they are tonight. Yeah, and see who's actually in the War Games match. But going on with the shout-outs, Amy Hamilton. This is quite a funny one. Why does Shayna look more like Bailey than Bailey does? Why, why does Pete Dunne look more like Shayna than Shayna does? <laughs> it is weird, isn't it, how they all start to kind of look like each other. Uh, Bailey's had a, had a change in look. Do you? I mean, I know you get confused between uh, Basler and another person as well, so it must be quite difficult. It's funny to see that. Um, AJ versus Strong versus Nakamura. The winner, the fans. The, the fans. fans win at that because you know you've got three very different styles, but three absolutely great workers in the ring. Without a shadow of a doubt, I'm really looking forward to that match. Of course, we run through the card. Uh, a little bit later on as well. Like I said, we come here a little bit early. WWE Network kickoff starts at 10 o'clock. And of course, Fire Series at midnight. Um, but our next shout-out. Uh, Robert Buck. If booked right, one of the best Survivor Series in years. Yeah, but WWE always let us down, didn't they? Absolutely, yeah. And I think that's the trouble with following such a hot NXT takeover. You know, it's kind of our expectations are at 100 and they deliver us you know, about 70, and it feels like it's they've delivered us about 20. <laughs> yeah, and that therein lies the problem. And uh, I think tonight, it depends what they do. depends how they go. I mean, the worst one well, of the worst fights in Raw kind of just swept through, and that was awful. Uh, I think Corbin was the general manager at the time, actually, so maybe he's got something to say about that. Will he get a victory tonight? We'll find out later. Uh, Barry Elms said, Seth will get the CM Punk chance at him 100%. Yeah, um, well, especially with their little feud that they're kind of building or not building or teasing us with. They're just giving us the tip of that feud, didn't they? They're not putting it all the way in. They're just getting us all warmed up and moist, ready for it. Um, but I, I would love to see CM Punk versus this Seth. Yeah. But, you know, more than that, I'd like to see CM Punk versus AJ Styles. I'd like to see CM Punk versus anybody at this moment in time. <laughs> yeah. And that's including Mojo Rawley in that. So, if, no, seriously, if CM Punk was to come back and it was like, right, CM Punk's only having one match against Mojo, you think I wouldn't watch that? Oh, yeah, you'd watch it. Exactly. I watch CM Punk versus. Enzo Mora. Oh, yeah, Mojo is my worst one, actually. Matt so. Riddle. Matt, Ri- Matt Riddle. Well, yeah, I would watch him CM Punk versus anybody. Rock and Roll Express. <laughs> well, Salmon Utim says, let's hope Raw does not clean sweep both NXT and SmackDown, then we will all be good. Yeah, I mean, the best result tonight is NXT to clean sweep. That would be the best result for wrestling. Yeah. Because it proves that they're on the, uh, at least an even playing field to the other two rosters, and that would probably turn it from a developmental brand into a main roster brand in its own right. Um you know, my thinking is it's probably going to be very level pegging. I don't even know if they're going to go on the scores or how they're going to do it. 
Going through the night. I hope they do, because we like I said, we always do predictions here. Pay-per-view predictions um, are still quite close as we go towards the end of the year. Uh, but the thing is, is I remember last year, I think last year's vote, you got perfect score because you guessed what order it would go. With a third team in, it's a little bit difficult. But I think hopefully they'll have something like that here tonight. So it means something as well in the end. But I think this is a problem. Does the winner get anything tonight? You know, if they win their respective matches, you know, the worst case scenario is maybe Raw cleans through. But I think Raw's got quite a strong team in certain parts as well, you know. Absolutely, yeah. Uh, Wilhelm Frewer said, Brock lost at WrestleMania. Brock lost at SummerSlam, but he will leave Survivor Series as the champion. What about Cain Velasquez? It's no disqualification. Yes. You know, that could be a certain thing that could happen if they wanted to do part-time champ again. We'll find out later when we discuss it a little bit more, but I think there's the points. Uh, has Brock ever lost at WrestleMania SummerSlam since his return? No, well, no, he hasn't. So that, that very, no, would be very difficult there is two kind of major events, aren't they? Major events. Uh, we'll see what happens later. Mahir Asev says, to be honest, Ravery Brock has had the best build-up going to Survive Series. From a certain point of view. Yeah, I'd say, for, you know, from, from a certain standpoint, you, you could see that it has... Um, it's certainly got the most history to it because Ray and Brock, they've both been around... Well, they've both known of each other since 2002. Uh, and that you know, you can definitely tell that Brock respects Ray, and I think that's going to be the kind of thing that gets us the best matchup out of the both of them. Because you know, Brock doesn't respect many people, but Ray is someone that he could definitely respect. It's weird that he seems to have respect for the smaller wrestlers as well, especially since his return, barring uh, John Cena. But I mean, it'd be interesting to see what they actually do there. I get Christian. Uh, Davis says NXT teams are to be announced because of possible injuries. Might happen at War Games again. That is, that is very true. Could there be any massive surprises here tonight? What would be, if you could pick one spot, and it doesn't have to spoil anything like that, if you could pick one member of NXT tonight that you would get out of your seat for, who would it be? One member? Yeah, to be, you know, the, the men's NXT team. We don't know who it is yet, do we? Um... If you could pick one member. So mine would be... So it would be Drew McIntyre, wearing his raw stuff, but then Claymore kick, undo it, and have NXT underneath. I think that would be really cool. Yeah. um, I would pop. I don't know, possibly a new wrestler. You know, uh, Johnny Nitro, I think that would be a good pop. Or, you know, someone new, Mighty Squirrel. (laughs) Mighty Squirrel. It would be interesting. I mean, it could be someone that comes back. In WWE and, you know, back where it was as well. Well, saying that, Jonathan Dixon says, Dean Ambrose comes back of, as part of Team NXT for a new Shield triple threat. <laughs> yeah, I mean, Dan would lose his shit if that I happened. would lose my shit, yeah, <laughs> but you've probably got more chance of fucking Owen Hart coming down and being part of Team NXT. Yeah, I mean, that, that's about that. Yeah, I mean, uh, it's <laughs> it's a long shot, uh, but it'll be interesting to see what they do tonight. Let's just hope it's not Triple H. Oh, fucking hell. It's going to be Triple H, Shawn Michaels, Road Dog, <laughs> yeah. and X-Pac, in it? X- X-Pac. Uh, but anyway, Derek... Uh, next shout-out, Dan. Uh, Derek Mihok says, I hope that Bray Bryan ends with the Fiend winning in dominant fashion, leading to the Yes movement coming back, and there being a rematch at TLC. I could also go with The Fiend looking unbeatable in the first part of the match, but Brian bringing the yes movement back midway through and probably winning it. 
And that would be, you know, that would be actually quite impressive, you know, see, seeing um, Daniel Bryan getting beaten the shit out of and then just finally going, yes, yes, and then just pummeling the fuck out of The Fiend. And, you know, even coming up really close to it or actually beating The Fiend. I think what we need, if Daniel Bryan's going to have another title victory and they're going to build him up again, they need to go all the way like they were going to do last time. And when they don't do that, that can therein lies a problem with, with this. I think The Fiend needs the victory here tonight, but I think the feud can continue if Bryan puts up a lot of fight. But I fear tonight, both of the, you know, the, the title matches could be over in a matter of seconds, you know, as opposed to anything else. Um, yeah, I could possibly say the same to that, to be honest. <laughs> you know, so um, I do worry about that a little bit. All right, so let's move on to a bit of news. News! And Dan, have you seen Adam Rose recently? Oh, I have, yes, actually. You have seen Adam Rose. Yeah. I mean, first of all, what the fuck? He's become unrecognisable since his WWE release. Yeah, he's uh, he's at least trebled in size. At least quadrupled in size. But Adam Rose has become recognisable since his WWE release. Not everyone will remember Adam Rose, but those of you who are in for a shock, after all, Adam Rose now looks almost unrecognisable. Yeah, he was actually quite the prolific figure in WWE from 2014 to 2016. For WWE and NXT, he was up to the main roster in 2014 and remained there for two years. For those of you who are familiar with Adam Rose, these pictures are probably a tremendous shock. Yeah, and we're going to, I'm going to try and post the pictures when I'm not really trying to do live recording as we are. Well, it is difficult to recognise Rose in the new picture. He's gained a considerable amount of weight and aged quite a bit as well. All this in a period of only five years. Okay, I've tweeted. Adam Rose addressed his weight gain and transformation on social media. He's plainly regained the weight after quitting WWE. He also mentioned his drug addiction past, praising the WWE for helping him get his life back together. Well, he had a bit of a controversial release, and this is a little uh, thing into the controversial characters that we're going to be doing later on down the line. Uh, Rose was released from the WWE in 2016 after a domestic violence incident. According to the charges, Rose grabbed his wife and took her phone away so she could not call 911. The Hillsborough County Sheriff's Police Office report stated that LePan, or Rose, and his wife were arguing in the home and that the situation, situation escalated. Well, the company released the following statement after news broke at the time. The rest of the will serving a 60-day suspension for violation of the company's wellness policy. WWE has a zero tolerance for matters involving domestic violence and per our policy, Raymond LePan, Rose has been suspended indefinitely following his arrest. According to the policy, LePan will be fired if he's convicted or could be reinstated if the charges are dropped or he's acquitted. However, a so-called morals clause in the company's booking contract gives the company broad discretion to fine, suspend or terminate talent if incontrovertible if evidence of such illegal misconduct is presented to WWE. Yeah, well, since his departure, Rose has been active on the independent scene, but no big breaks have presented themselves. He changed his ring name to Aldo Rose. His first match would be against another W alumni, Damien Sandow. After a lengthy break, he would then change his name to Leo Kruger. Wow, well, champion for a day. During his indie career, Kruger briefly held the heavyweight championship at Championship International Wrestling and when we say briefly, we really mean he dropped the title to someone else the very next day. <laughs> that is the kind of briefest of titles. 
21st of April 2017, he did become the Atomic Wrestling Entertainment Heavyweight Champion. Yes, the Atomic Wrestling Entertainment World Heavyweight wow. Champion. he's really reached it. Um, well, in early 2019, Kruger announced his retirement from professional wrestling. His retirement match took place under the Atomic Revolutionary Wrestling Promotion, which he lost by submission. Yeah, so Adam Rose there is a story. Let's hope it all ends well. Let's hope he's nice and healthy about that. And we move on to departures, and please release me. Let him go. Yes, Sin Cara has become the latest WWE wrestler to take to social media asking for his release. Well, on Monday, Sin Cara, or Jorge Arias, tweeted a statement in Spanish that said after praying Sunday night and thinking about his children, he had to take the most difficult decision, but sensible one, to ask for his WWE release. In the statement, which is seen below... Arias reflected on his 20-year career before giving the reason why he wants out. He said, I'm so grateful for the opportunity they gave me. However, I realise that I'm stuck in a place where I'm not valued as an athlete or talent because I'm Sin Cara. I have worked hard and honestly for many years to polish my trade. I'll be long and respectful, a team player, supportive, and I've waited patiently for the opportunity to show the world everything I can do. Unfortunately, after all these years, the opportunity never came or will it ever come with while I remain where I am. But didn't he sign a long-term contract early on in the year as well, didn't he? So that kind of doesn't make any sense that he would do that. Well, especially after, like, you know, Triple H saying, if you want to release, be released from your contract, yeah, fair enough. But don't go posting it on social media. Come and ask us. So I think to kind of teach him a lesson, he's probably going to be sat on main event going against Mojo fucking Rawley yeah. for the next four well, and a half sure years. I'm sure he signed a multi-year deal like Ken Ellis <laughs> and then all of a sudden they want to release. But like I said, he said his best years are to come and thank both WWE and the fans for their support. He recently turned to Raw and Angle with Andrade and Zelina Vega. Well, several other WWE wrestlers have publicly asked for their release in the past with Sean Spears, the former Ty Dillinger, as the only successful one. Luke Harper and Mike Canellis still remain with the company after pleading their case on social media. Well, after working in Mexican Indies and AAA for years, the man eventually known as Incognito made his move to the US stage with appearances in TNA and Shikara. He signed with WWE Developmental in 2009 and changed his name to Hunico, making it to the main roster in 2011 as a fill-in for Sin Cara as the original was serving a 30-day wellness suspension. The Sin Cara, we look at it, the gimmick didn't work, did it, really? Uh, Sin Cara, Sin Cara Angu, sued that he eventually revived the Hunico name, team with Camacho, remember him, and he took back the Sin Cara character in 2013 and formed the Lucha Dragons with Kalisto, both NXT and eventually WWE. Well, outside of the ring, he was on the shelf for parts of the last few years with knee injuries. He also famously got into separate 2016 backstage altercations with Chris Jericho and Simon Gotch. And speaking of Chris Jericho, move on to some AEW news. Well, Bash at the Beach, the old WW pay-per-view name, is being resurrected by All Elite Wrestling as the company today announced that their January 15th episode of Dynamite will officially be referred to as AEW Bash at the Beach. The show will be airing live from the Watsco Centre located in the University of Miami in Florida, the company's first visit to the city. The tickets on the show go on sale uh, last Friday in AEW using Miami Vice Top logo to promote the show. Well, the Bash at the Beach trademark was fired by Cody Rhodes on March 18th of this year under Entertainment Services. The trademark had been dead since the closure of WCW and WWE never renewed the trademark application and never used the name following the WCW takeover. Bash at the Beach ran from 94 to 2000 as a pay-per-view and the beach theme is a set. I love these sets as well. I hope they do it. Five of the seven Bash at the Beach pay-per-views were held in Florida and the other two in California. 
Well, perhaps the most famous bash at the beach was in 96 when Hulk Hogan was revealed as the third man of the NWO. It was only a year later, a year earlier, Hogan made his WCW in-ring debut during Bash at the Beach pay-per-view in Huntington Beach, California, defeating Ric Flair to win the a, uh, the WCW title. Well, as of November 19th, Rose now has live trademarks on Slamboree and Super Brawl as well. Well, the Slamboree pay-per-views ran from 93 to 2000 and was originally billed as a Legends reunion because the first few shows featured returning legends in matches there to receive awards for their accomplishments. WWE got something that's called Saudi Arabia events. Uh, Super Bowl ran from 91 and 2001 and was considered one of the WWE flagship pay-per-views along with Starcade, The Great American Bash and Halloween Havoc. Well, here's a description for those trademark filings. GNS Entertainment in the nature of wrestling contests entertainment services, namely wrestling exhibits performance for a professional wrestler and entertainer. Entertainment service, namely production and distribution of ongoing television programs in the field of professional wrestling, providing wrestling news via Global Computer Network. You actually done that like you was reading the terms and conditions <laughs> for something. Well, Rose currently has the following live trademark. Super Bowl. Slamboree. The Match Beyond. Bash at the Beach. Dusty Rhodes. The American Nightmare. The Prince of Wrestling. Bunkhouse Stampede. Battle Bowl. The American Dream. Yeah, Cody Rose wants to write a book on his father, but WWE owned the Dusty Rose name at the time. It's expired and now Cody owns it, so there's nothing stopping him the book. Got, I mean, come on, he deserves to own his own name, doesn't he, you know? And we're definitely getting that uh, here with Cody Rose. And uh, if you're not going to use the events, then I hope Cody uses it well, you know? And, and I'm happy WCW, it's kind of, it's not a revival as such, but you're kind of remembering the stuff from back in the day as well. I, I, I can see that side of it, but do, do you not think, again, it's another little petty thing that WCW are doing that, oh, you know, I know because they've got, obviously, on the WWE Network, where WWE owns the WCW library, they've got the Bash at the Beach, they've got Slam... You know, they've got all these. Um, and could could there not be some kind of confusion between the two? Uh, there, there could be, possibly, but if AEW going to use the new names and WWE not, I'd like to see in Harmon, and it's a little bit of excitement to see the name again, if you're an old fan. If WWE want to keep harping back to 20 years, then Cody Rose can do it as well with the names going back 30 years with the NWA, you know? Uh, so all fair enough. Moving on to another wrestling company, a Ring of Honor. Well, controversy is rife at Ring of Honor with the recent firing of reigning Ring of Honor women's champion, Kelly Klein. In a detailed story at Newsweek, Klein addressed the situation, situation, which stems from a head injury she suffered in a match on October 26th during the company's UK tour. She said, there was no doctor there to check on me. She said, nobody suggested a protocol. I wasn't aware or briefed on a protocol. In a conference, the facility in UK, which had housed the event, did have medical personnel on hand. Klein believes that a wrestling company not having any medical staff is alarming as other major promotions, major major promotions promotion. such as WWE and AEW have medical staff on hand at all events and can handle procedures for dealing with injuries. Well, Klein finished the rest of the match. It was only when she returned to a backstage area after a match, laid down on the concrete floor of the women's dressing room and began speaking gibberish for an hour that her colleagues realised that Klein appeared to have stained an injury. Another instance of concussion for Klein came in April 2018 as with the recent head injury, 
Klein says nothing happened regarding the medical treatment she received from the company. In a face-to-face meeting on November 7th, Klein raised her concerns with Chief Operating Officer Joe Coff and allegedly was told the company doesn't have a concussion policy, something Klein claims that she's never seen. She said that if there was a concussion policy, then the talent was not aware of it. Joe Coff, is he the son of Jack? <laughs> no. What about fuck? And <laughs> <laughs> piss. Piss. Bugger. <laughs> <laughs> oh, right, okay. <laughs> yeah. Cough um, also told her that Ring of Honor management is always aware when talent is hurt. Klein responded, No, you don't, because nobody knew I had concussion in New Orleans, referring to her April 2018 concussion. She was fired by the company through an email, as they revealed uh, with her husband BJ Whitmore. says Ring of Honor did not offer to arrange or pay for treatment for a recent concussion. The lack of documented policy making it unclear to talent who is responsible for arranging medical care and costs. It's been reported that in some cases, but not all, wrestlers may be told they can invoice for the cost of appointments and procedures, but only after they've already paid out of their own pockets. Well, earlier this month, former Ring of Honor staff member Joey Mercury tweeted out, with Klein's permission, email sent between Klein and Gillian revealing that she was making under $1,000 a year with a promotion in a 2019 Ring of Honor contract. Well, regarding her annual pay, Klein says she was only able to afford cost technology appointments and rehabilitation because she benefits her husband Whitmore's private health insurance. Well, that was easy for you to say. Yes, mouthful. And she said, if I didn't have that, I wouldn't be able to take care of these appointments. Well, the women's champions had difficulties with them in the past. When negotiating a contract for 2019, the wrestler asked her of 24,000 increase or 4,000 but was rebuffed. Well, Klein says that the rebuttal and lack of development of storylines for the women's division on the weekly Ring of Honor television series makes it very evident they value the women less than the male wrestlers. There's a lack of real value of talent and management eyes in general. In general. And then with the women especially, I don't feel the value the women are doing or the heart they're working. A Ring of Honor spokesperson told Newsweek a $20,000 contract is the most ever offered women's division as and is in fact more than what is paid to most male performers who work on a non-exclusive basis. Well she says she's not planning to wrestle for the rest of the year, she recovers from a concussion but will continue fighting to get better working conditions. I imagine part of the thought process behind trying to shut me out of Ring of Honor was that maybe the issues would no longer apply to me Khan explained and I'll just drop it but that's not ever been about how things could benefit only me I want my friends and colleagues to have a safe and fair working environment. I'm still going to ask them to do better taking away my job there doesn't change the issues. I want them to be accountable for creating an unsafe environment and the only way I know is to have enough eyes on the public we'll have to hold them accountable. Dan, what are your thoughts on this this turn of events in Ring of Honor? Um, I think it is absolutely disgusting and it is down to Ring of Honor to be able to provide medical professionals there because, you know, as, you, as we've seen in many wrestling even, you know, in a couple of ladder matches that we've seen, you know, in busted open noses and just simple things like that, you know, and concussion is a huge, huge thing in wrestling, especially nowadays. And it is something that definitely needs to be closely looked at. And yeah, Ring of Honor definitely in the wrong for that. Well, what I don't like about it is Joe Mercury said, you know, about these conditions and Ring of Honor said, no, we got rid of him because of the kind of drug thing trying to, you know, break some rumours. There's obviously something going wrong on there. Weirdly enough, uh, we've been watching a lot of wrestling this weekend. We've been trying a kind of mini challenge for this. We started yesterday watching uh, AEW and, of course, uh, watching 
Uh, what else did we watch? Impact Wrestling. How can we forget about that? Absolutely, yeah. Yes, Tessa Blanchard winning it. And, of course, today we watched SmackDown. Uh, oh, with War Games last night. And, of course, today Ring of Honor. And what did you think of the Ring of Honor product? Awful. Um, no, it's it looks really cheaply made. It's you know I know it's not in the same leagues as WWE, and I am glad for one thing that it's getting exposure. Well, the thing is, is that for me it was the worst one that we'd watched. You know, uh, I really enjoyed AEW, but even SmackDown went by, even though there was kind of loads of adverts. I think the more most one I was most pleasantly surprised with was Impact Wrestling because I think that match is well worth it in the end. You know, the six-person elimination match, Tess Blanchard coming out on top. Well, and also I should say with AEW, Orange Cassidy was a fantastic moment. Uh, what were your favourite things over our marathon? Of course, we're not finished yet. Still got Survivor Series and the kickoff still to come. Um, I think uh, the WWE product, you know, throughout the three shows has been thoroughly enjoyable, especially with this interbrand stuff. I did enjoy parts of AEW, but there was a few bits that was a bit ridiculous. I mean, you know, with the Kenny Omega, he was having a backstage interview when he had his black eye and he was lifting weights, making it look like he was really struggling. They had the tiniest little fucking weights on there. And he said, oh yeah, just add one more. And he added a weight to one side. One person. It, it's just like, really? You're supposed to be a serious wrestling performer and you're just making yourself look like a tit. I liked it. I yeah. liked it. <laughs> and that therein lies the problem, my friend James. <laughs> you called me a friend for the first time. No, I liked it. And I... Look, are you sick of wrestling yet? I'm not sick of wrestling. I'm sick of stupid wrestling. We have watched a lot of wrestling. We've watched at least 14 hours of wrestling this week. At least 18 hours. Yeah, and uh, we've got plenty more to do because now it's time to uh, travel back in time. But you did say most ridiculous. You said ridiculous. uh, Speaking of ridiculous, we've got a special treat later on the show where we've got three of the most ridiculous Survivor Series moments coming up. Indeed, yeah. It's almost like you link that well. But right now... We're going to take a stop and go back 20 years to Survivor Series uh, 1999. All right, so we're going back 20 years now to Survivor Series 1999, my very first Survivor Series, and it's the one that I remember to this day. And it took place on the 14th of November 1999 from Detroit, Michigan, in the Joe Louis Arena. Well, we had an attendance of 18,735 and the commentators are, as always, good old JR, who's a twat who works for AW now, and Jerry the Perv Lawler. Well, our pay-per-view buyer is 1.14. And our first match Survivor Series elimination, eight-man tag team match. Dino Brown, the Godfather, and the Headbangers, Marshall Frasher, defeated the Acolytes, Bradshaw and Fruit, and the Dudley Boys, Bubba Ray and Devon Dudley, in under 10 minutes. Well, we start off Brad Short eliminating Frasher first off in 3 minutes 40 seconds. Bubba Ray Dudley eliminates Mosh at 4.57. Brad Short is disqualified at 5.52. Devon Dudley and Fruke are disqualified at 6.45. <laughs> Dino Brown eliminates Bubba Ray Dudley at 9 minutes 36. So you survivors of Dino Brown and the Godfather. Then we have a singles match. Kurt Angle defeating Sean Stasiak at 5 minutes 56. It is actually Kurt's pay-per-view debut. It's a match we have actually seen before. We've got Survivor Series Elimination, 8-man tag team match. Gangrel, Mark Henry, Steve Blackman and Val Venus defeating the British Bulldog and the Mean Street Posse, Joey Az, Pete Gass and Rodney. Yeah, we start off by Steve Blackman eliminating Pete Gass at 2 minutes 56. Gangrel eliminates Rodney at 4.21. Mark Henry eliminates Joey Abs at 6.02. 
British Bulldog eliminates Gangrel 6.46. British Bulldog eliminates Steve Blackman at 7.32. And Val Venus eliminates the British Bulldog at 9.10. Yourselves of Mark Henry and Val Venus. And then we get a one full sudden death, eight-man tag team match. With women. With Deborah May Young, the fabulous Moon and Tory, defeating Ivory, Jack, Luna and Terry at a whopping one minute and 53 seconds. Well, at least they get more time than the AEW Would women do nowadays. stop? Then we have a singles match. Kane defeating X-Pac by disqualification at 4 minutes 14. And then Survivor Series 4-1 handicap elimination match. Big Show defeated Midian, Prince Albert, the Big Boss Man and Viscera in one twenty-seven. Fucking hell. Then we get a WWF Intercontinental title match. China, who is your Intercontinental champion, defeats Chris Jericho at 13 minutes 45. And then we get the Survivor Series Elimination 8-man tag team match. The Hollies crashing hardcore and two cool Grandmaster Sex saying Scotty Holly defeating Christian, Edge and the Hardy Boys, Jeff and Matt. Yeah, hardcore Holly eliminates Edge at 6.06. And then Scotty Too Hotty eliminates Matt Holly. Jeff Hardy then eliminates Scotty Too Hotty at 10.11. Grandmaster Sex eliminates Jeff at 11.34. Christian eliminates Grandmaster Sexair at 11.45. Christian eliminates Crash Holly at 13.58. And then Hardcore Holly eliminates Christian at 14.26. And then the World Tag Team title match, New Age Outlaws, Mr. Arsenal Road Dog, defeat Al Snow Mankind in just under 14 minutes. And then we go on to the main event, the WWF World Heavyweight Title Triple Threat Match. It is billed as Triple H versus Stone Cold Steve Austin. Well, Stone Cold is getting interviewed backstage by... Oh, wait a minute, Triple H just came out. Attacks Austin. He then proceeds to chase the game. Well, Kevin Kelly couldn't get a word in, and Austin now's on, like you said, the prowl to catch the game. Why would Triple H want him up for his DX? Maybe he's setting a trap. Austin's in a car park now. Austin wants to know where Triple H has gone. And a car comes from the background. Oh! Runs over Austin. And what the hell? And then spins off. Well, the car just hit Austin, and Austin's out. And Austin's serious trouble. You can hear JR how serious this is. Austin's not moving backstage. Stone Cold just got run over. Who had done it? Who would have funk it? My God, so Stone Cold is not there. JR's devastated, and JR's going to go to the back and find out what's happened, and Vincent Mann's there as well, and Triple H saying he's not involved in it. Well, Jerry Lawler basically, like, yeah, last time I checked on someone who had been injured in the ring, he was dead. Well, Vincent Mann's out there, and this doesn't look good at all, and now the train is the EMTs. There's an ambulance there as well. <clears throat> and you've got to be careful with Austin, and is he breathing? Is he just unconscious? Steph, test Stephanie and Shane there. They got on the scene quickly, didn't they? Yes. Oh. Maybe a bit too quickly. Well, who could run over Stone Cold Steve Austin is the question. I think it's something to do with Triple H. I think it's one of the D-Generation X members. I know Road Dog <coughs> was running back there looking... Uh, we didn't see Mr. Ars, did we? No, we didn't see X-Pac. Sergeant Slaughter there, they're getting a net brace on him. And this is not good. Not good. And Austin is out of the triple threat match. So who is going to take his place? Who? Who? Triple H. But the actual story to Austin not being there, it actually... Goes back two years to Survivor Series 2007. He was having uh, time off for operations with a neck injury. Yeah, Owen Hart dropped on his head at SummerSlam. And Austin uh, was still suffering seriously from that. And that's why, of course, he retired early. But what a match. We never actually saw Triple H, Austin and 
and the rock together in a triple threat but i think that would have been an awesome match to see and uh so unfortunately we didn't get it in this one but i think triple h might be pretty happy austin's not involved absolutely yeah it's the rock so who's going to take Austin's place in this triple threat match? Well, is there anybody big enough to take Austin's place? I mean, I can't think of anyone in the back. I don't think anyone on the entire show, Austin's place. Oh, well. Well, it's the big show, and Triple H looks pissed off. And The Rock doesn't look that happy either. The big nasty bastard who won the 4-on-1 elimination match earlier, Soul Survivor. Well, he's only had like under a two-minute match already against four guys. And Triple H cannot be happy. Big Show's his first chance at Chip. <clears throat> and Rock and Triple H realising they have to team up to take the Big Show down. Uh, they're going to try and get rid of the big nasty bastard and just go on it mono mono. Both taking turns of shots at the Big Show. Double Irish whip and Show just runs right through the pair of them. Huge headbutt for the Rock and one for the game. And the Big Show looks means business here tonight the big boot to the rock well he's defeated two men can he def- uh, he's defeated four men can he defeat another two and become the world heavyweight champion well head back to triple h knocking the back of the corner's got around the throat up for a choke slam but the rock from behind saving the wwf champ may realize that's his best bet and our irish whip reversed by big show just hits a huge back elbow to the rock triple h goes a bit low Follows that with some huge right hands. And I don't know how much the Big Show can withstand. I mean, yeah, he did beat four guys. But would you rather take on the Big Boss Man and so on and so forth over uh, two very credible heavyweight champions? Well, that's the true story. I think <laughs> the Big Show comes down with a huge chops Triple H's chest. And now Rock with a big right hand. And Rock and Triple H working together to eliminate the Big Show from the Royal Rumble and send him over the top rope. Now these two go these two go at it only for a minute as the Big Show recovers and just drags the rock out. And Big Show now picking the rock up. Gonna run into the ring post. Now the rock with a backslide sending Big Show head first into the post. Triple H off the edge of the ring apron. And these two men have feuded over the past three four years ever since the rock debuts. Debut match at Survivor Series in ninety six was against this man. He's fought against him for the Intercontinental title, cage matches, strap matches. And now for the WF Championship. But there's one man who hasn't won it. And he's got a taste of it on the outside. He won it. Don't count. He's got Triple H pinned in the corner by his foot. A big Show is large and in charge. On the back of his... Big Show's in quite good shape, to be fair. Yeah, he's, he's, he's started putting on the weight since his uh, WSW days. But it's only because they signed him to a long-ass contract and he need for it. But uh, Big Show's still quite good. The Rock sending Triple H to the outside. Setting a Big Show up. For the most electrifying move in sports entertainment today, the People's Elbow drops it. He is. It might have a new champion. No, Triple H in to break up the pin attempt. Well, Rock's not happy about that, and Triple H did anything to keep hold of his championship. Now Triple H just choking the Rock out in the corner. Now huge right hands in the corner. And Triple H with a right to the eye, but the Rock fighting out the corner. Turn his attentions back to Triple H, where I think they both should be focused on the big show. And now hits a huge sidewalk slam on the rock after Triple H was done with him. Well, Big Show maybe could have gone for the cover, but chooses H instead. Throws him to the outside. And Big Show with a huge right hand, sending Triple H, scurrying down the entranceway. Now Big Show picking up the game. Dropping him throat furry Cade. Oh my God, and the momentum the rock built up. Running down the entranceway, knocking the Big Show down with a clothesline. Take it back to his American football days. 
Not a rock and chain at it. Rock soul <laughs> sending Triple H for a TV table, pinning a bloke underneath it. And the rock doesn't care. He'll lay the smack down on you wherever you are. JR and Jerry Lawler talking about possible suspects who hit Austin with the car to take him out of the match. Now got an Irish ripping, no Triple H reverses. And then hits a clothesline as a rock bounces off, but now Big Show's back up and he's even more pissed off than he was earlier. Uh, Big Show took out Triple H going after The Rock. Uh, the Rock's got a brilliant equaliser there using a fire extinguisher. Well, he's putting out the fire. All Black gives Triple H a chance. No, Rock reverses it into one of his own. But the Big Show's up again and he wants retribution on The Rock. Looking to choke slam him. But Triple H up and with a low blow on The Big Show. And the fans charted Rocky's name. No doubt it was a clear favourite in this one. The Rock bringing Triple H back to ringside. Triple H with a back suplex taking the rock out. Oh, both men are a bit worse for wear as the Big Show makes his way back down. And now he's got a bone to pick with Triple H for hitting him low. And a bone to pick with the rock for hitting him with a fire extinguisher. And Triple H gets Irish whipped into the steel stairs as the Big Show continues his dominance. And the Big Show looks pissed off as he sends Triple H into the stairs. For the second time. And now the rock got the water in his mouth, spat at the Big Show. As The Rock tries to bounce Big Show's head off Barry Cade, he stops him, sends The Rock into it, picks Triple H up, sends him head first into the announcer's table. And The Rock had no choice but to rake the eye. And then uses the ring bell on the head of The Big Show, who's still not staying down. And now Triple H trying to suplex The Big Show. Well, I think that's going to wash. He and pulls that- The Rock over. <laughs> and now these two men are going to work as a team. Oh, Jesus. Oh my, where well, the Big Show explodes the announce table. Both men help take Big Show over, and he's got to be out of this, surely. Well, don't call me Shirley, but he certainly isn't getting up as quickly as he has been. And now the Rock sends Triple H over Barry Cade into the feet of the crowd. Oh, a huge suplex. And that could be it now. It's a one-on-one match. The Rock and Triple H brawling the crowd. Well, I think they want to try and take it to the ring so that one of them can even get a pin, but... Just the hatred between these two men is so strong that they don't care where they're fighting at the moment. They're even knocking fans down, that's how much they hate each other. Now the Rock with a big right hand to the Triple H, back over to ringside. Well, Big Show staring over by the announcers as Rock and Triple H finally make it back into the ring. The Rock needs to put Triple H away and Triple H soon. Oh, well, won't be able to get a pinfall count just yet as senior referee shirt stealer Hebner has been knocked down. Irish reverse, Triple H sends the rock into the corner, but the rock bounces out. Looking for a rock bottom, Triple H escapes. Looking for a pedigree, gets the arms locked, but the rock with a spine buster. Well, now the move doesn't work in real life. Slingshot into the corner, rock bottom. We've got a new WF champion, the referee's there. One, two, three. Oh, but oh, heaven, her shirt's still on the outside. We're getting shaped man as the ref. To oh. Triple H managing to kick out. Uh-huh. The Rock can't believe it. And it's weird, a year ago, Shane McMahon screwed the Austin out of the title to help The Rock. Second Rock bottom. No, the Big Show drags Shane O'Mac out by his ankle and tries cutting off The Rock before he can get into the ring. <coughs> rock trying to send Big Show to announce David, but Big Show managing to reverse it. Big Show just pummeling on The Rock, who's strewn over the announce table. Big Show, that thing's finished with Triple H. Can he put him away, become champ? Shane Man's there now. Because originally it was meant to be Vince. But he steps aside once that will happen to Austin. Now Big Show just throws Triple H clear across the ring. 
turns his attentions back to the Rock, who's getting up off the announce table. Rock doing his best to fight back. Oh, shoot, reverse boss show sends Rock into the steel stairs. Now Triple H back on his feet. He's got the WF title belt, and Shane McMahon takes it off him. Well, he gets hit with a pedigree. Well, that's not justice, is it? I know there's no disqualification, but that's two referees taken out now. And now the Rock taking out Big Show going after the game. Rock plants Triple H with a DDT, but gets taken out by the Big Show before he can do anything else to him. Huge jumping elbow from show to the game. And now Big Show looking to end Triple H, but here comes DX. Well, I say dear, no Billy Gunn again. It's X-Puck and Road Dog. And now finally Billy Gunn's coming out. Where's Billy Gunn? In the ring. Oh, yeah, Billy Gunn's in the ring now. I didn't see him earlier. And now Vince McMahon's had enough. And Vince looks pissed. He's back from the hospital from Stone Cold. And he's got the WF title belt. Oh, Big Show chokeslams Billy Gunn. Looking to hit Triple H with a title. Triple H ducks it, shoots a look to Vince, and then a Big Show catches him with a choke slam. One, two, three. Vince counts the pinfall. Vince McMahon has screwed the of championship and given it to the Big Show. Big Show wins. The fans are surprised if Vince gets one over on the game. Dan, what are your thoughts on that match? Um, I thought it was a very chaotic match. Big Show, you know, certainly he is at his most dominant best here. I mean, not a lot could keep him down. I think um, even when Brock Lesnar went through the announce table, he stayed down for a lot longer than the Big Show did, and that's saying something. Yeah, well, I doubt, but it sets up a lot of things. Big Show kind of gets his uh, chance here to show he can be champ. The Rock doesn't get pinned, and the game can blame Vince McMahon and move on to that feud. And, of course, the match at Armageddon. But 20 years ago, Big Show becomes WF champion for the very first time. So, obviously, night nine, I think a very underrated Survivor Series, but it's nice we can go back 20 years and catch up with it. So that was Survivor Series 1999. Like I said, a big show as champion 20 years ago. But move on to something else, and that is CM Punk. Well, Punk's hotly anticipated debut as a WWE backstage analyst went down last night, and as expected, the former voice of the voiceless had a lot to say on the state of the company. Well, his most pointed moment came when criticising the current Baron Corbin Rome Reigns feud. So this is something that makes me reconsider doing this show, he said when revisiting last week's SmackDown segment. The creative is bad. I don't have anything about Baron Corbin, really. But that's a bad start. It was garbage, right, Paige? Well, so got a mention with Punk following up on the Beast Slayer's Twitter challenges by saying he wanted to maintain his journalistic integrity by not working an angle on backstage adding that the former Universal Champion needed to stop tweeting and delete the app from his phone. Ouch. Well, on top of all this, a lengthy one-on-one sit-down segment with a young saw punk claimed that an in-ring return wasn't something I'm actively pursuing. He said he was wise enough to never say never, but that a bridge would need to be built for it to ever be possible, and it might take as long as, a, as building the Great Wall of China. However, Punk has announced that his no relationship with the WWE has, and has no intention of returning to the ring. Well, he clarified on this week's WWE Backstage show that he has only returned to WWE to fulfil his agreement with US broadcaster Fox. He said, I do not work with, have any relationship with, and have not talked to anyone at WWE. It's strictly a Fox thing. I get to criticise the product. Well, I don't think this job existed six months ago. Somebody floated and I didn't immediately go, ugh, no. Well, the premiere was missed almost everyone, but the second episode of WWE Backstage, which featured a surprise return of CM Punk, Managed to double its audience. Well, everyone was wondering how FS1 Studio would do with, 
with a week to promote Punk and the promise of WWE's prodigal superstar shooting on the company's current product? And the answer is pretty good, at least compared to previous weeks and for a show at 11pm Eastern on a Tuesday. Backstage cracked the top 150 cable originals from the first time on November 19th. Viewership was up 80%. To 180,000, according to uh, daily numbers. It's got a 0.10 rating among 18 to 49 year olds, which put it in the pack of shows tied for 101st place of the night. How will it do next week? Well, we really enjoyed what Punk brought to the show, but did most of the people who tuned in? Well, we shall see, but it's a breath of fresh air throughout. Seeing Punk came exactly as advertised, and we need more of this. It was great to see Punk back, wasn't it? And and delivering a couple of pipe bombs. Absolutely, yeah. It's. it's really refreshing to see him back in this uh, position that he's in. And hopefully, you know, we'll see a bit more of Punk over time. Yeah, we hope for that. Um, we shall see what happens. Anyway, we'll move on. And that's seeing Punk. And we'll, Dan, well, do you fancy a masturbate? Oh, I'd love a masturbate with you, James. I didn't get enough of it last night. <laughs> no, so we explained to you, but it's never listened to us before what a masturbate is. Three topics. Uh, and then, well... How do would you explain a masturbate to everybody? Um, well, we we both there's two subjects on a t- certain topic, and we kind of fight the corner of the random one that we choose basically here on the night, and we try and either convince the other one to agree with us or we agree with the other person on whose point like is has the most validity. Yeah. All right, so we've got a first one, and it's quite interesting because of course Survivor Series had a lot of misdebuts, but we're going to argue what was. Uh, the debut that mattered, really, where it was The Rock versus The Undertaker debut. I guess the question would be, if we had one and not the other, which one would have a bigger impact? So, Dan, who do you want to go for? Um, I'll go for The Undertaker debut. You go with The Undertaker, and I'm going to go for The Rock. All right, so you start us off with why The Undertaker debut is so important. Uh, Well, The Undertaker debut, he wasn't doing what they do nowadays and just beating and uh, going against like jobber after jobber after jobber for a few weeks. He was actually brought in and he came in as a legitimate badass and he was a survivor on his team. Yeah. But I mean, it's a moment in... Uh, also like a kind of moment in time as well of like the Rock debuting at Survivor Series was such an important moment because of who the Rock is now, basically. And you think about who had a bigger impact in sports and. I would say The Rock beats out The Undertaker. Uh, well, you know, you could say that, but The Rock, he's kind of just turned his back on WWE and gone to Hollywood, whereas The Undertaker, he's he's been in the product for nearly 30 years. You know, he had a huge WrestleMania streak off the back of this. If this was a terrible debut, then they wouldn't have given him what followed it down the line. You know, they wouldn't have given him a Royal Rumble win. They wouldn't have you know, made him one of the best WrestleMania superstars ever, or the best WrestleMania superstar ever. Well, I think with the right to come in at the time he did to be the sole survivor of this team, the kind of fresh-faced guy, that kind of built towards the Rock character as it was. And you think when you people that open up the doors, fresh wrestling, when you think of one wrestler, who is the biggest kind of, not just biggest kind of ex-wrestler, biggest movie star in the world right, right now, and it's the Rock. Everybody knows who the Rock is, don't they? So without that debut taking place, then we wouldn't have had The Rock. There, in fact, that, you know, with The Undertaker, I love The Undertaker bits, but it might have been just someone else who'd been wrestling a really long time. It could have been anyone wrestling a long time, but I, I still think, you know, take away the 
Hollywood side of things and actually in wrestling, which is what this show is about, wrestling and not movie shows, I think The Undertaker's had the longer, more successful career on WWE. But you, but The Rock hasn't opened. I mean, The Rock is a... We talk about a star as such, but he's to kind of been more acceptable, to be more mainstream. If it wasn't for The Rock, SmackDown would never got Fox. SmackDown would never be invented because The Rock would never have said it anyway. But it would never have been on Fox because people would have thought, oh, wrestling's quite cool. And it's, in fact, due to someone like The Rock, not a 50-year-old man who's going around the ring at the moment barely having wrestling matches. But he's still having wrestling matches in said ring. Yeah, but The Rock could have a wrestling match if he wanted. He came back and had the two most profitable WrestleManias of all time when he decided to come back and wrestle. I still think, as uh, you know, as wrestlers go, James, who featured higher on our wrestlers' uh, top time all-time wrestlers? Uh, the Undertaker featured higher than The Rock, but you're so, gonna... so you're saying that he's a better wrestler then. But if you're taking, we're not talking about we're just saying if you can take one of the debuts away, if you weren't even have The Undertaker or The Rock doing it, if The Rock was taken away, would that have a much of an impact? I think it would have a bigger impact than The Undertaker not being have a debut. But I think that the the Undertaker's a more kind of different style of character. He is his own character, whereas The Rock is just a generic worker. Yes, his mic work is second to none. But, you know, as far as legacies in wrestling go, if you was to take one away, I think The Undertaker's would matter more. Uh, I don't know. You've got to give me a killer blow here to, to side view you. you got, what was The Undertaker done that The Rock hasn't, or anything that The Undertaker brings? Undefeated streak at WrestleMania, yeah, but anybody can remain undefeated at WrestleMania. With the Rock, you know, it's it's saying. Imagine not. But having... he wasn't though. He lost what two, three times on the bounce to Austin at WrestleMania. No, not the Rock with a streak. I'm just saying that someone else could have maybe had a streak like that. I think with the Rock, kind of just what he's brought to the business as well. Kind of, I was talking about open up doors. I mean, the Undertaker, yeah, you could say in wrestling, but what is it? About the Undertaker, that beats it. Can you say both? Just his the... whole character. I mean, the Undertaker character as a whole is irreplaceable. I mean, you're never going to agree with me with a rock, are you? So I'm not going to give it to the Undertaker. But the thing is, there's nothing that's I'm not convinced about it. Okay. You know, we I could masturbate this again uh, and come up with the other. Re- I just. Well, yeah, yes, I understand the Undertaker his debut is awesome, but with the Rock involved in it, it just seems like these two guys are just are completely different in that way as well. Anyway, next one. Oh, this will be a nice, easy one. Elimination Chamber or Hell in a Cell? I'll pick Hell in a Cell because I know you like Chambers. So start us off with Elimination Chamber. Well, you know, as far as uh, Elimination Chamber goes, it made its debut at Survivor Series in 2002. It produce a, a lot of memorable moments throughout the years, you know, with The Undertaker getting scorched on his way to the ring and kind of getting water thrown on him while he was in his pod waiting <laughs> yeah, to go. Yeah, that's um, To The Undertaker, I think he came up through the ring one time, didn't he? That was it, so no, that no, was sorry, it. that was Edge. Yeah, that was in the Hell in a Cell. Was, no, Edge, coming uh, when Jericho beat yeah. Undertaker. No, that was Elimination Chamber. But Edge also came out during the Hell in a Cell at Survivor Series as well in 2007, a match you voted one of the greatest uh, matches as far as his history, and did exactly the same thing as he did at the Chamber. Well, 
it, it's. I, I think the Elimination Chamber is a, a better concept because it's not just two men. It's you know it is six guys, six of the best, and you know even going back to the first Elimination Chamber, I think it was a very memorable one. You had the likes of Rob Van Dam, uh, Booker T, who just got a look in at that point at the moment, and then you had Shawn Michaels coming out on top, the ultimate redemption story. Yeah, name me the other three. Uh, Triple H. Yeah. Um, Kane. <laughs> right. Uh, Jericho. Oh, you were lucky with that one, weren't you? So, but, you know, so you talk about great six-man. What about, the, do you remember Armageddon 2000? The six-man uh, in the cell match with Kurt Angle, with Rikishi, The Undertaker, and Triple H involved. Rikishi, of course, coming off that hen in the cell and a kind you of... said Rikishi twice. Right. Who said Rikishi twice? Yeah, I, said Rikishi I said Rikishi. Of course well, I come could... on then. Who are the rest? Riki... Undertaker sent Rikishi off the top. Remember that. He had The Rock, Austin, Triple H and Kurt Angle. Oh, what a six that is. <laughs> Compared to your six. So, you know, you had a hen in the cell. The most famous call of all time. WWE has said the most famous call in the history of wrestling is Mick Foley being thrown off the hell in the cell, Dan. Not but the Elimination Chamber. There'd be more great matches than Triple H. Um, I say Triple H. Shawn Michaels versus the Undertaker first Hell in a Cell match. The classic of Mankind, one of our... We've had great Hell in a Cell matches as we've gone along. And with Chamber matches, where's the last Chamber we've had? They're not doing them anymore and still doing Hell in a Cell. Yeah, I'll give you the Hell in a Cell. <laughs> yeah. I knew you didn't want to argue that. Killed him. Ba-boom. All right, next one. Greatest Soul Survivor. I'm still not sure either. Randy Orton or Dolph Ziggler? I'm going to say Dolph Ziggler is the greatest soul survivor, Dan. You're going to go around it. I think you're going to cut me to pieces. <sighs> um, I'm going to say I'll start, I think, because Ziggler is a great soul survivor. Orton's got a lot of facts and stuff like that with him. But I'm going to say Ziggler, just in the fact that his performance at Survivor Series when Sting debuted, I think it's 2014, is one of the greatest performances that anybody's ever had. And him being a soul survivor gave everybody hope that he not the first time as a soul survivor either. Dolph Ziggler has done it before. Is there anybody else in WWE that we can get behind as a guy who's not been used right? He's tweeted out and said he's not been treated right for money in the banks and he's not been treated right for other things. And yet, as survivors, we all got behind him and thought, maybe if anybody could do it, it's Dolph Ziggler. And you think about the performance. You think about the greatest survivors performance and the soul survivor moment then that would be Ziggler at Survivor Series when Sting debuted. That is the greatest time as a sole survivor. Well, with Randy Orton, you could kind of call him a, a Survivor Series legend in general because he's he has been like a survivor in a lot of Survivor Series matchups, has he not? Yes. And more often than not, Randy Orton is a survivor. Yes. He's a... Uh, he uh, he's had the better career in general. In general, um, oh, I just don't know where to start. To be honest, I mean, he's been part of some of the greatest Survivor Series teams, including this year's Survivor Series team as well. Yeah, but when you think about a moment, a performance of Randy, if you can name me. Around Orton performance at Survivor Series, then fair enough. But that Dolph Ziggler performance means that I talk about as a sole survivor, Ziggler comes out on top. I, I wouldn't say that though, because um, you know he's he's dominated a lot more Survivor Series 
than Dolph Ziggler. I mean, he's been more reliable throughout um, Survivor Series than anyone else. Uh, you know, he's... <laughs> are you trying to buy time? I'm I not trying to buy, team, buy time. Are. I mean, just going back to 2003, <laughs> Team Bischoff versus Team Austin, for example. I mean, he was just finding his stride. And uh, <laughs> and he came out to be part of the uh, evolution and he was chosen as one of the five to represent Team Bischoff against Team Austin. Yeah, and that was a, that was a great performance. But... That wasn't as good as Dolph Ziggler's performance when Sting returned. Why was that then? <laughs> what do you mean, why? Because I said to you, the blood, sweat and tears, then we get behind Dolph Ziggler. Then we can get round behind Randy Orton. Randy Orton, you know, yeah, he's been a self-survivor a couple of times. But, you know, it's not nothing like that performance with Dolph Ziggler, is it? Well, you know, I would say that Orton is Mr. Survivor Series. So, you know, it's... It's just something that's going to be said, isn't it, really? <laughs> what has Dolph Ziggler done? If you can tell me three times Randy Orton's been the sole survivor, then I'll give this to you. Team Raw versus Team SmackDown at 2005. Right. Team Orton versus Team Triple H at 2003 or 2004. Might be 2004, yeah. And Team Bischoff versus Team Austin. Okay, another one apart from the one you already mentioned. Why are you... How so many more times has Dolph Ziggler done it then? Dolph Ziggler's done it another time, but I can't remember right now. Exactly. So, say okay. I can't remember. Team Morton versus Team Kofi. What, when he buried Kofi Kingston? Like that? It's disgusting, yeah. isn't it, burying uh, someone like that? I mean, it's what we're doing. Still done it though, didn't they? Yeah. <laughs> All right, I'm going to give it to you then, Dan. And give Team Raw versus Team SmackDown. As well, 2016. Well, I'm glad your Google's working. <laughs> so, uh, you know, I'll, I'll give you that. But okay, I just got one more, right? But uh, it was just uh, a little thing. And I wanted to do a difference who had better career prospects between Jake Hager and Drew McIntyre. And this is, I want to make a point. I'm going to pick Jake Hager, but Dan, why don't you start off with Drew McIntyre and tell me why he's got better career prospects than Jake Hager? Well, when he first debuted in WWE, he was known as the Chosen One, hand-picked by Vince McMahon to go on to greatness. Didn't quite live up to that potential. So, uh, flitting around and being part of uh, 3MB, he decided, fuck it, I'm going to go off, make a name for myself. And he did just that. He went off, made a name for himself, completely changed his old persona. You know, he wasn't a clean-shaven guy. You know, he had a bit of a beard going on. He was... He'd put on a few muscle pounds. Came back, went through NXT, absolutely dominated during his time in NXT. And, you know, now it is just inevitable that he is going to get a very huge push coming up sometime soon. Uh, look, a couple of things. First off, right, it's inevitable he's going to get a push. Who are the two champions right now? Universal champion is The Fiend. WWE Champions Brock Lesnar, they are two hills. Two hills that should hold a total for quite a while. 
Then it's going to switch to a face, obviously, to get the job done. The face is going to hold the title. If he's beating someone like Lesnar or the Fiend, he's going to have a substantial title run. So that means McIntyre, in this time, for a year and a half maybe, won't have an opportunity at either World Heavyweight Champion. Would you say that's fair enough right now? I would say that's fair enough right okay. at this moment. Right, right at this moment. So that's another year and a half due to injuries. As we know, anything can happen in injuries and anything like this. Uh, just kind of working and anything like that. The reason I say Jake Hager for... The reason I say Jake Hager's got better career prospects is because if you look at where he is now, he's a guy also back in the day they thought he was going to be great, came in, was the ECW champion, much like the NXT champion of its day, yes, when ECW was around with Jack Swagger in it. If Jack Swagger has done something Drew McIntyre hasn't done, and that is be World Heavyweight Champion, another establishment in WWE. He's been World Heavyweight Champion, Drew McIntyre hasn't. Jack Swagger went away and then changed his name back to Jake Hager, went to MMA with Bellator. We know how WWE loves their fighters with Cain Velasquez and Brock Lesnar. And then Bellator and AEW have the same thing with Jake Hager. We don't want to wrestle a lot because he's still fighting. So we Jericho. But you imagine a time where the champion is calling out Jake Hager and Hager finally snaps and takes out Jericho, which you know is going to happen. And then suddenly you've got a face in Jake Hager. The more potential of him going down, with if that was Drew McIntyre in that position, imagine what would happen then with McIntyre picking up the ball from that and moving on. Jake Hager's got more opportunity in career prospects than he has. Imagine Drew McIntyre sitting there waiting for his moment. Wait, oh, I'm definitely going to be a champion. It's better to be a has-been than it never was. But on that, on that basis, you're saying that, um, you know, if he could become AEW champion... You've got to look at it, right? AEW now, and they pride themselves on this, go on a win-loss record. They come out with their power rankings every Friday, and Jake Hager hasn't had a single match. So his rating is 0-0. Zero and zero. Yeah, he's not won a single match. Which... There are multiple wrestlers. It's my turn to speak. No. Give me a chance. <laughs> there are multiple wrestlers that are on that list at the moment. Yeah, and, you know, if we're going to go on the same basis, uh, if... The, the Hill champion is going to lose it. He's going to lose it to a face champion. And to beat Le Champion, you're going to have to have a little run with it as well. You know, Jericho, he's not going to drop the ball too soon on it because, you know, he is a really hot thing. Whether you love him or you hate him, Chris Jericho gets a huge res- response. Jake Hager, he's nothing but a heavy, he's nothing but a manager, and he's nothing but just a member of the inner circle that's not going to get a chance for a long time coming because we know one thing about Chris Jericho is he works better when he's got someone by his side, be it Kevin Owens, be it The Big Show, be it anyone at yes. all. And what happens at the end of all of that, Dan, they have the turn on each other and they have the eventual match. There is going to be... I bet you any money, Jake Hager becomes more relevant than Drew McIntyre, obviously. What has McIntyre done since NXT coming up to the main roster? What has he won? What has he achieved? He's not even won the Andre that more about a Royal, right? He's done nothing since then. And they're saying to us, this is going to be it. They're not saying it with Jake Hager. You know, they're just sitting there. It's the same with that Wardlow in AEW. It's the same guy of being in that position with McIntyre. They just... He's happy to be... McIntyre needs to be in that, you know, someone like AEW. Imagine in a position of someone like Pac. I'm not saying replace Pac with him, but you can just imagine this kind of psychopath involved, what he can bring in the ring as well. I think it's unfair for McIntyre to be... But WWE, they, they keep dangling this carrot. It's going to happen soon. It's going to happen soon. And then something else always happens. Oh, hang on, McIntyre. We were going to give you the title, but actually we're going to bring back fucking Stone Cold Steve Austin again and give him a run with it. Okay, so say for argument's sake that Drew McIntyre goes to NXT UK, defeats Walter back in his facey gimmick that he was in in NXT, yeah. 
would that mean he'd be more successful in this time than Jake Hager? No, because it's still NXT. The whole thing with McIntyre and the whole thing that we've been told as well is that British wrestling is important. We will have a WWE champion, which we never had. And, of course, WrestleMania will also point which is never going to happen either in England uh, and this is the thing that we've seen and and McIntyre I just don't want him to be there and you know just to either get because the thing is where if he gets an opportunity even in the end and it doesn't work then you know be like the Miz or something as like a one-range champion he wants to be a multiple time champion with AEW you can definitely see him I think with Jake Hager if it goes tits up with Bellator then he could just come back to normal wrestling that's what he's doing anyway so he's trying to build up his exposure and get into that and then try and turn. I'm not saying that Jake Hager's better than McIntyre. Just saying at the moment, if I was going to be one of the two, I'm sure maybe McIntyre's getting paid. I'm sure Jake Hager's getting paid quite a, a bit as well. I would rather be Jake Hager in this situation. Situation. Okay, well, if you can tell me that Jake Hager is a better wrestler than Drew McIntyre, no, I'll give you that about, point. I told you it's not about wrestling. Yeah, but I'm willing to concede it. If Max was in Jack's, Jake Hager's position, no, I, if I'm Jake Hager to, was in McIntyre's position... I'm willing to position. give you the win on this if you tell me that Jake Hager is better than Drew McIntyre. But you know he's not, though. I know, but if you can tell me that... In okay, front of Jack, our live Jake audience, Hager is a better wrestler than Drew McIntyre. You have the point. Oh, there we go. See, I knew... <laughs> I don't... I will grovel for everything that... It I... was worth it just to hear you say that, <laughs> yeah, James. Yeah, prick. Um, we're going to play a game, but I think it's a big enough game. Well, we we're going to play Guess the Main Event for Survivor Series. So if I said to Dan, what was the main event for Survivor Series 2002, he would say to me... Elimination Chamber. Yeah, and then if he was to ask me a random Survivor Series, go on. Um, 2006. <sighs> was, that, was that not the one we'd rehearsed? No, 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 no. <laughs> 2006. I really wouldn't have a clue either. <laughs> uh, what would we go for in 2000? Do you know when I try and think of stuff, I always try and think of the WrestleMania either before or that's 2006 WrestleMania 22. So you had King Booker versus Batista versus Lashley in an ECW versus WWE versus. But please say I'm right. So you've got to check it. Um, I'm just main event now. Come on, King Booker. King Booker was there. Yeah. And he went against Batista. Yeah. And it was the last chance match for the World Heavyweight Championship. If King Booker had gotten disqualified or counted out, he would have lost the title. Wow. So that's, that's not bad, is it, really? I, I, I'll give myself that. So, Dan, if I was to say to you what was the main event of Survivor Series 999, you would say to me... <laughs> Deadly Game! I have 998! Oh, oh, we just watched 99 20 minutes ago. Oh, uh, triple threat match. <laughs> triple H, The Rock, and The Big Show. Yeah, and then if Dan said, ask me another year... Um... 2007. Why do you keep going 2000s for? That's an awful time. You know, that's my weakness. So... I fuck knows. 2007. I know it without even looking at Google. You know it. It's when Edge Oh, 2007. Returns. Edge returns. Untaker versus Batista. Hell in a Cell World Heavyweight title. <laughs> oh, thank God. For, I think it was Sean Marcus Van Orton that year. Because well. Edge is on the cover of the DVD yeah. and he's not listed in a match. So you think, what's, what's going on? All right. So one last one. To try and get the point. Um, main event of Survive Series. <laughs> 2000 and... <laughs> 18. 2018, last year, Raw versus SmackDown. Yeah, what was it? What was it? 
Men's. I actually have no idea what the main event was. Wasn't it when uh, Braun Strowman made Triple H shit himself because Triple H turned his back on Team Smackdown and the man involved in it? First of all, series we recorded. 2015. 2015, yeah. So that would have been Seth Rollins. Our memory's really... People listen to this guy. You don't know anything (laughs) about wrestling. That has well, we have seen so much wrestling, <laughs> but <laughs> it all just meshes into one. To be fair, with Survivor Series, out of all the big four, which one would you get rid of? It would be Survivor Series, wouldn't it? Um, SummerSlam. You what? Well, Survivor Series, it's kind of got the survival- traditional Survivor Series elimination match. So you can't get rid of that. Royal Rumble has kind of got the Royal Rumble match. So you couldn't really get rid of that. Yeah. And WrestleMania, well, but, but, SummerSlams of WrestleMania of the summer. That's how you know. What, a few months after WrestleMania? Yeah, yeah I love SummerSlam. If I, could, if, I, if I had to live with that one, it would be SummerSlam. Oh, fair enough. Uh, right, we move on to some network news. The W Network, despite the bugs it has, is one of the best things to happen for W fans in quite a while when it works. It contains every pay-per-view ever, every Raw and SmackDown in history, and hundreds of hours of original content. And until September, it hosted every NXT uh, NXT every Wednesday. Well, something that hasn't been seen for a while on the network knows the Stone Cold Steve Austin podcast, which debuted on the network in December 2014 with a blockbuster interview with Vince McMahon. But that was then, and this is now, and it's going to be forever. It's going to be called Broken Skull Session, and it's going to have its first game under the rebrand. Well, it's the Undertaker will be the man on the end of Austin's questions if he turns to the network. And the episode will be filmed and will air on November 24th, directly after Survivor Series tonight. So, do you think it will be The Undertaker, or do you, do you think it will be... Mark. Mark. <laughs> hey, Mark. Goddamn kid, how you doing? Because I know that, I think they're going to be having a few whiskeys. Yeah. A little, a little bit of the whiskey. <laughs> a little bit of the Yeah, I hope... Um, they, they both kind of, you know... It's not kayfabe. Unless he's like... You know, Austin's like, God damn kid, tell me what happened to your first match. And I think it's like, Kamala, <laughs> you will. Made him rest in peace. Rest in peace. Uh, we talk about the network quickly and a few network picks. I've been watching shit like The Untaker, He Buries Them Alive, which is an old Call of Duty classic, but it is, it is very well worth it. The WWE All Nighter in 1995 is also something worth checking out. Four hours and 35 minutes if you've got spare. And, of course, the WWE's Festival de Lucha, which is two hours long. And that was released January 27th, 1999, originally as well. But the network's still got a lot of bugs and stuff. But we've got other news. Uh, yes. Yeah, the network is now the home of 146 episodes of WWE Thunder after the final 19 episodes of the series were uploaded on the streaming service. Well, WCW Thunder ran from January 98 to and originally aired on TBS as a second show of the promotion. WWE started uploading episodes of Thunder in March 2018, but only uploaded half of them in the beginning before adding more throughout the months after that. Well, the addition of these episodes bring around 32 hours and more programming to the network. And Dan, you dropped a bombshell on me the other day when you said you had cancelled the WWE Yes. Yeah, um, you know, um, I, I try to watch it, and I, I hate anything that interrupts my viewing. You know, whether it's someone talking, someone chewing, just 
you know, anything going on and whether it's not buffering. I've even turned off a film that had subtitles because it just really pissed me off. And the constant buffering on the network, you know, I've got a very good uh, fiber optic broadband connection. You know, I've got uh, a very fast speed. So I've got a very up-to-date uh, computer system. So, you know, it can't be up-to-date. It's just down to the network and it does bug the fuck out of me and you know after them trying to shut us down i've seen fuck you vince you're not having my 10 pound a month i've watched a lot less of the w network and that's why we kind of went on a, a, a sky binge as it was kind of watching these because the matter well, i was shocked about the amount of wrestling on on just kind of on digital do you know what i mean just like the kind of amount of hours you've kind of got like 10 hours of stuff you can watch without having to pay that amount of money on sky and then, of course, you've got YouTube in place, and you talked about Amazon as well, you know, as you go search for it. Yeah, well, you know, I've been uh, watching a few on Amazon Prime. They've even got a great Kevin Steen shoot interview on there. Yeah, exactly. And uh, so it would be interesting to go see it's all sorts of stuff. But we will concentrate on the network because we've got the normal WWE kickoff on now, but we're still uh, away from the event itself. So let's take a trip on the um, WWE network. And we've got uh, some something very special lined up right now. So we're going to do something a little bit different now. And of course, it being Survivor Series, we like to celebrate Survivor Series' greatest moments. And we, we've done that, ranking our, our favourite Survivor Series matches and uh, pay-per-views as well. But we're going to move on to be uh, top three ridiculous moments from Survivor Series. I think we shall do that. And of course, talk about the network. These are all available to watch on there. And we're going to start off, we've got top three and, of course, uh, the, the top three leading towards the most ridiculous coming back next month. We do love most ridiculous, Dan, don't we? So uh, Absolutely. It is very, very ridiculous, but it is fun and entertaining as well. Well, without a doubt. So we're going to start off with uh, number three, on, and it is from Survivor Series 1994, uh, which is the gift that keeps on giving in some ways. Uh, and it is the Dinks versus the Kings. Now, this is a feud between Joe the King Lawyer and, of course, Doink the Clown. And But we're going to be serious about this, Dan. I don't want to hear any jokes about it. It's only a short match. We're going to get on. It's going to be the Royal Family, which is cheesy, queasy, and sleazy with Jerry Lawyer, uh, versus the <laughs> the Clowns Are Us, which is pink, pink and wink the clown. All right? So we're going to do this. We've tried it before, WrestleMania 3. We're going to see what happens here. All right? But we might skip forward a little bit as well. We just don't know. But we'll see what happens. What is your first outcome of the... I mean, what do you think of Little People, Dan? Um, you know, I think they are... I'll say they. Uh, you know, they are fun and entertaining. Um, you know, they just bring a bit of humour to wrestling. Um, obviously, they're up for it. So, you know, it's it's, it's harmless. I, I know it's something that would kind of get whitewashed nowadays. You know, they would... Never air anything like this. No, we're not going to shortchange them at all in, in this world. We're going to get right to it, you know. Um, it's it's kind of these things that we're going to be serious. I mean, because some people, you know, little people in the past have had problems, you know. Uh, some people have, have tried to commit suicide by uh, jumping off curbs. So th this is the type of problem that we have. And we're not going to say, you know, 
Because I've been friends with some. You all seem laughing, don't you? Playing football, and the reason is the grass tickles their balls. So <laughs> you're gonna have. Some well, I did. I, I did used to go out with a, a short woman, and oh, she used to get really angry. So I said, "Look, love, calm down, and I'll run you a nice sink later." Yeah, sometimes you have to say to him, "Just be a little patient, you know. Just try and move on." That's it. Yeah. Just say to him, you know. <laughs> but we're not going to do anything like that, you know, because that's, that's just not fair, is it? And, and, you know, most little people are good guys because they don't look down on most people, do they? So that is important to see, especially in a match like this. But Survive Series 94, one of my favourite paper events. And what do you think of Doink and um, Jerry Lloyd, Dan? What are your thoughts on these? Try and give us some Well, James, play. you know, Doink, he's, uh, he, he was part of my favourite ever, WrestleMania. You know, he, he went against Crash. And there was not one Doink, James, there was two Doinks. You know, and that is just... It's mirror magic. Yeah, I know, it's mirror magic. I mean, and talk about the doinks that we've got. We've got so many of the little ones on the, the side there. And it's uh, it's funny, I did see Doink the Clown kind of... Uh, I did see Dink, you know, we were broken down car the other day. And I, and I asked him, you know, and I said, you're right. He said, I'm not happy. And I said, which one are you? <laughs> <laughs> none of that. None of that at all. Well, I actually see one of them and... Uh... He was he was struggling carrying something out of curries. I said, "Do you want a hand with your widescreen telly?" He's like, "Fuck off! It's an iPad." <laughs> happened to me the other day when uh, I was playing miniature golf, or as he called it, golf. <laughs> it's interesting times, but the Survivor Series it's just about celebrating fun in professional wrestling, and uh, the Thanksgiving tradition is always here, you know. With Jerry the King Lawler, you know, he was he was all, he he was never a serious wrestler, I suppose you could say. Nor was Doink. So you know, these two. Silly comedic style wrestlers, and you know it's just crazy how Doink's evolved into the fiend. <laughs> That's kind of what it is, isn't it? I mean, this is the uh, scary character of his time, and Jerry King Lawler, of course, uh, you know, is going to try and be a part of his team, and he's going to start off the beginning. But we'll skip forward to some of the good stuff. Who doesn't want to see little people wrestle? <coughs> Might see some um, tossing. Nineteen ninety-four, eh? What a year! Twenty-five years ago. Can you believe? 25 years ago, it's five series. This is what was going on. What have we got this year? <laughs> well, Lawler's going to go off against one of the little people, and he's on the shoulders of Doink, and Dink's on Doink's shoulders. Yeah, Dink means business. Oh, wait a minute, though. That's queasy. Is he going to climb on Jerry the King Lawler's shoulders? No, no. he's saying you're just going to get in on your own. No, he's not. Jerry the King Lawler's going to get on his shoulders, and that's a quality for you. And he's got enough power. Well, he falls and plants Jerry face first into the mat. And Jerry getting pissed off, throws him out of the ring. Well, I think Queasy was actually the dwarf among midgets. (laughs) It seems that way. I mean, to pick up the weight of the king. Well, Jerry got a handful of something. No, Jerry's just got past saying maybe a foreign object. Uh, He's calling Doink for a test of strength and clocks him with a huge right and then puts the foreign object back in his pants. Well, it's weird because Dink originally didn't want to be a wrestler, he wanted to be a chef, but apparently the stakes were too high for him. So uh, he had to move on. And now, oh, look at this. This is Sneezy and Cleasy. John Cleasy. Never seem to remember anything either. They've always got short-term memories, haven't they? And now we can see Triple Team. Oh, no, but the King accidentally gets thrown into him after Doink reverses the Irish whip. Oh, are we going to see a bit of action on the outside? I saw one of these fellas drowning the other day, so I threw him a polo. <laughs> and now the the short people are getting chased around the ring. I want to play the Benny Hill theme. Well, it looks that way at the moment. Action's all over the place. As Doink and Jerry the King Lawler facing off in the ring. Jerry rolls through on a crossbody, grabs a handful of tights and gets the victory oh. for the King's Court. 
Oh no, Doink's been eliminated. Yes, it's a Survivor Series match, elimination. So now it's the King versus the Clowns. But no Doink, and, and they've got no, no chance, surely, in this one. Oh, don't call me Shirley. I, I've got to admit, though, I did, um, I, I quite like, you know, little people as it was, and I did have a, a prostitute once, and I told her to go up on me. And Doink is out of this one. She's out of here. Well, one of these uh, short people ran through my girlfriend's legs and got a clip around the ear. Yeah, looks like one of the, he's, uh, looks a bit chunky, one of them, or low fat, as it was. Dink's in a little bit of trouble. And a clown's biting one of the king's court's backsides. Well, Dink said the money he's got for this one, he's going to put all into the piggy bank. And now he's going to look to do some business, but being bitten, the king's checking. Oh, and a king gets bitten. <laughs> well, it's got to be quick tags, short time in there. And Queasy is in a bit of trouble after the bite. Cheesy's going against... Wink. Wink. And Wink's got hold of him. Tags in Dink. Oh! He must have come from at least 15 foot there. <laughs> he must have been flying almost. At least 20 feet. He's had a nose... High risk is off the bottom rope. <laughs> <laughs> now, winking. And this is what we paid to see, ladies and gentlemen. Oh, and the king cheating. That's not fair. And now into the cover without the king. Wink's gone. <clears throat> and Jerry Lawler is standing tall in this match. <laughs> well, they've got a lot of work to do now. Do you reckon the king's got the upper hand? It definitely looks that way. But, of course, you've got Dink and uh, Warwick Davis in there. No, sorry. Um, well, we can't confirm or deny because they've got makeup on. And look at this. Absolutely. It looks like Hornswoggle's dad's in there. <laughs> and I can confirm one of them is not Dean Malenko, just in case. Or Crash Hollow. <laughs> oh, my God. Look at that. High suplex. Cheesy, oh. crazy, all working as a well-oiled team. Crazy's in there. Cheesy's turning him into a spinning top. <laughs> oh, no. Now he's got him up in the air. Oh. oh. He must have fallen at least 12 foot. <laughs> at least 15 feet, and he eliminates him. And now it's all the King's Court against one of Doink's clowns. Well, can Dink survive the odds here? Will he be the sole survivor? Well, if anybody can do it, it's Dink. Well, he went underneath the ring as he was leaving. Well, it is the short person's natural habitat. I mean, you know, it's where his wife is just about to give birth to Hornswoggle. Yeah, not a lot of people know, but, um, yeah, little people in wrestling don't have locker rooms. They, they're underneath the ring, basically. They can stand up under there. Yes, they, they can. They have lots of ladders and tables and stuff, so they have lots of room. And now we go, Dink, fighting the odds. And this is one of the greatest Survivor Series moments of all time. I hope Dink's a sole survivor. Oh, come on now. He's got Cheesy and Wheezy. A meeting of the minds. Their heads are the same size, but their bodies are a lot smaller. My God, and Jordan Devlin takes a shot to the face. And now Dink's going to put him out. Suplex. Jackhammer. Oh, my God, he's going up. He's still going up. He's up. Oh. Flying cross. One, two, three. Oh, no, King stopped it. And now King behind saying, come on. He gets turned around. One, two, three. Oh. And the King's Court get the victory. Well, the king cheated, and Dink can't believe it. And again, he just goes back <laughs> home, back home under the ring. Well, that's a shame, but the king wins with the king's call, and a great job, you would say, by Sleazy Weezy and Cheesy, but the king wants the microphone. As if the king's speech. Well, yeah. Oh, and the king's saying to him, he made winners of you losers. Get your hands down and kiss my boot. Oh, my God. Yeah, he's sending them to the corner. I'm sure they're feeling a little downtrodden at the moment. 
And the King saying he's done it all himself. But the three short people are in the ring celebrating, holding their hands high. Well, it's high for them. Yeah, at least four foot. At least half foot. And the King is not happy about these three guys. Well, he's sending them all out of the ring. And he calls for his music to be played yet again. Look how excited the children are at ringside, you know? No, they're the oh, midgets, so- James. <laughs> Sorry, that's King's Court. But um, they're getting a victory. Oh, no. no, which one is he then? Dopey, grumpy, sleepy, bashful, duck. Well, he's going to catch him now. But it is three on one. But the King's no. too scared. There's the other three clowns are us as well. And it's six on one. Abuse you. And now we've got six people. The King's trying to get out of the way. Hopefully he'll be able to outrun them. <laughs> the King getting chased around the ring. It is one of the greatest Survivor Series moments of all time. How can you say this is ridiculous? <laughs> what, what's wrong with Bliss? I don't understand. Well, King's had to slow down because he's getting too far ahead. Oh, the King's going to Oh, Doink the Clown's behind him, though. King doesn't realise. And this is the first cream pie on WWF television. <laughs> going to come up. Not starring China or Paige. Oh. And the King with a pie to the face. The old facey pie. Well, uh, little people have a last laugh. It's tonight, King's Court, and Clowns Are Us. That is just so children's television. Dan, what are your thoughts on that moment? Absolutely ridiculous. Now, it is a good bit of comic relief. It's something that's never, ever, ever going to wash nowadays in telly. I mean, you know, I think the odd sporadic appearance from uh, Hornswoggle is probably as much as we're going to get from uh, the short people's comic relief but it, it was fun and entertaining Yeah, you know. that, it was really enjoyable actually um, we'll move on next and it's number two two and well it would be a miss if it weren't ridiculous moments at Survivor Series this would definitely be it and number two from Survivor Series 1990 uh, the two words well one word describes this gobble gobble would be the equivalent one. <laughs> so it's nothing to do with the uh, debut of The Undertaker? No. So I says night night, of course, that moment, but more famously for me. 29 years ago. 29 years. So who... This this egg had appeared at Survivor Series. We weren't sure what it was. Is it a debut of a new wrestler? Who would it be? Well, like you talk about The Undertaker, he would be in an egg that he would make his debut... Would it maybe be Terry Taylor? Mean Gene Air. And Mean Gene, a legend. He will be missed. And he's selling the best he can. Talk about children's era. Oh, wait a minute. Oh. Oh. It can crack. So what do you think's in the egg, Dan? I think it's a supermodel. <laughs> supermodel? I think it's a dead chicken. Well, what did come first, James? The chicken or the egg? Well, we're going to find out here tonight. It looks like the egg. Oh, Mean Gene's got to stand back. Oh! That was the key word, blow. Blow! When I say blow, come out the egg. And what the hell is this? And Roddy Piper on commentary is pissing himself laughing. And the fans so happy. But they're booing with delight. <laughs> and Meiji's like, what the fuck is this? <laughs> is it the worst costume ever? I believe so. It's just ridiculous. <laughs> it's like, this is what the list was made for. <clears throat> Well, Mean Gene must have found out his name somehow or other, even though the thing can't speak, but his name is the Gobbledygook, or its name is the Gobbledygooker. So, I think Mean Gene's, it's his fault that it was called the Gobbledygooker. What are you gobbling about? Yeah. 
But, you know, again, credit to Mean Gene Oakland. He's trying to interview something that doesn't talk and trying to get the best out of it and trying to make the... I don't know what the fuck it is. <laughs> it's, it's, it's definitely a turkey. Yes. The problem is, around this time of year... Turkey's gone get eat. Exactly. Maybe that's how it should have ended. Yeah. Same for earthquake and typhoon munching on its fucking arms and legs. Turkey on a pole match. <laughs> Mean Gene asking, is that all you do is gobbling? Well, Gobbledygook has just asked Mean Gene to do something. He's not up for it. He wants to dance. I'm pretty sure, I'm trying to memory, I think it might be Hector Guerrero is the Gobbledygooker. Yeah. I'm, I'm pretty sure. I'm going to check that in a second. But he wants to dance with Mean Gene, and, and Mean Gene can definitely dance. Oh, yeah. He he can go. Wasn't his last appearance? Oh. WrestleMania. I want to say... 15 or 16 in the gimmick battle royal yeah 17 he was oh, in a 17 yeah. oh wow it's close yeah I think that was his last appearance I can remember my god so it, he was signed to WWE given this gimmick obviously it didn't work at Survivors was then fired straight away for it so, okay and it wasn't mentioned for 10 years like he said and then it showed up at Wrestlemania 17 he did go, did go on to commentate for uh, Impact Wrestling so at least he had some success. Of course, you know, being a Guerrero. Oh, I think I'd rather have been dressed up in a gobbledygooker outfit than commentate for Impact Wrestling. But, <laughs> you know, that's, no, that's yeah, just yeah. me. That's fair enough. And uh, he's going to be lucky enough to dance with Mean Gene. Is he, you know, accosting Mean Gene at the moment in time? It does look like Mean Gene is being dragged against his will. Yeah. Wow, impressive there by uh, Mr. Gooker. He prefers if if he if he call him Gobbledy. Gobbledy. <laughs> His friends call him Gobbledy, and now he wants Mean Gene to get in. And I wonder how much Mean Gene got Oakland got paid for all this. <laughs> it was worth it, I suppose. And the fans saying, "Please no." And Piper and Gorilla on commentary trying their best, bless them. Well, Gene is in the ring, and he's doing crisscrosses with Mean Gene. He's not into it though. There's uh, about four fans in the crowd dancing along with it. Oh, oh. Mean Gene's feeling the. He's it. He's had a couple and he's ready. Now Gook is running the ropes. And he wants Mean Gene to do that. Just rolled and flipped and up. he says, no, I'm just going to clap you. Now Mean Gene said, you dare me to do that. He's like, go on, you do it. Oh, and Gene's running the ropes. Oh, oh. he trips himself over. I think he's broke. <laughs> but you know, there's a little fact here about Mean Gene. He was actually bald from the age of five years old. Really? I did yeah. not know that. Of course, into the... Uh, only the second man in the WNR Hall of Fame, alongside, of course, Alex Wright. No, not Alex Wright. Alex Wright's penis. Oh, his penis is that, Alex yeah. Wright is only by <laughs> extension to the penis. And a long extension is that. <laughs> exactly. And then gobbledygook likes that. Wow, that was what was in the egg. He's loving it. Yeah. The gobbledygooker, and quite rightly at number two as well. Two. The fans are starting again, so I think they're just like, if we cheer, maybe he'll fuck off. <laughs> That's what I feel like sometimes. <laughs> hey, hey, well, yeah, funny, yeah, James. Go yeah, on, off yeah, you yeah, go. Yeah. Well, oh my God, and he's already, he's already molting. Oh, now Gene's into it properly now. He's doing a crisscrossing as well as he can. Well, maybe the greatest seven minutes of Mean Gene's WWE career. I mean, it's a surprise that no one remembers this. You know, with the debut of The Undertaker, <laughs> this bit does get uh, it's overlooked. A, it does, doesn't it, you know? Hang on, one more thing. Gobbledygook is going up. Is he looking for a flying crossbody? Oh, he's flipping over the top rope into a roly-poly. 
Now, Mean Gene's turn. No, Mean Gene's turn, but I'm going to call it now. Can I try and get you over? Well, Mean Gene with the gobbledygooker. <clears throat> Anything can happen at Survivor Dan, what are your final thoughts on the gobbledygooker? I am amazed that this character didn't work. <laughs> it is unbelievable. And it is most definitely ridiculous. All right, last one on the list. We go back to the gift that keeps on giving Survivor Series 1994. And the story leading up to this main event was indeed the Untaker versus Yokozuna. The event feuded in January over the WF Championship. The Untaker come out short in a casket match due to the interference of 15, at least 15 people, Dan. At least 25 people. Who put the Undertaker inside the casket. So once he returned at Survivor Series, the question was, what would stop everybody getting involved in this match again? There was only one man who would have the power. And at number one, Survivor Series 1994, the most ridiculous moment in the WF is Chuck fucking Norris. And I dare you to say that to his face. I'd, yeah, I, if he's asking, then it's going to be the greatest moment in Survivor Series history. But to have someone like Chuck Norris here um, is just, you know, kind of legendary, I suppose. Not just a referee, Dan. A troubleshooting referee. Chuck Norris. is. All, I know you love well, Chuck you, Norris. Well, you get referees, <laughs> but, you know, they, they just couldn't classify Chuck Norris as a referee. He is a troubleshooting referee. And uh, look at that. All splendor. Cowboy hat. A cute Did you smile. know that someone tried to boo him and Chuck Norris has already ripped his throat out? Really? <laughs> I did not know that. Uh, Chuck Norris. Now, I know he... There are a few things about Chuck Norris. And Chuck Norris... He can pick oranges from an apple tree and make the best tasting lemonade you've ever had. <laughs> I know you've got lots of facts about Chuck Norris. I know you know a lot, so I know you're a huge fan as he comes out with Pat Patterson. And uh, surely there'll be no trouble here tonight. Well, don't call me Shirley, but if anyone dares start trouble, they're already dead, James, before they even think about starting trouble. And, you know, this man... He beat Halo 1, 2, and 3 on Legendary with a broken Guitar Hero controller. <laughs> I mean, what? Just, I, just, I just don't sometimes, no. I How did have an imaginary it? friend when I was younger called Gobby, and Chuck Norris killed him. <laughs> That's a shame. I mean, Chuck Norris, he's good and bad, I suppose, but uh, he's here to make sure there's no shenanigans that go down. And... Uh, Shaking the referee's hand, and now we're going to get Untaker and Yokozuna coming out here. Well, this actually happened just after Chuck Norris's daughter lost his virginity, and he shortly got it back for her. <laughs> <laughs> we see Yokozuna coming out here, and of course he'll be wary of uh, Chuck Norris and the Undertaker. Oh, James, when Bruce Banner gets mad, he turns into the Hulk. When the Hulk gets mad, he turns into Chuck Norris. And when Chuck Norris gets mad, run. <laughs> Run. I mean, <laughs> all joking aside, the Undertaker coming out here is such an awesome entrance, especially at a Survivor Series. When we talk about he debuted in nineteen ninety, and of course it's twenty nine years. And I wouldn't bet against him being at Survivor Series next year to mark the thirtieth uh, appearance. There's only one man that is not intimidated at the moment by the Undertaker coming out here, and that is Chuck Norris, that and is Chuck the Norris. man, the reason that Wally is. <laughs> I mean, Chuck Norris sleeps with a pillow under his gun. <laughs> I did not. You know, see, these few things I don't know. His blood type, AK-47. <laughs> <laughs> this is just fascinating. I mean, it, it must be difficult, but a bull bear out here with the untaker, of course, looking on. And Chuck Norris is going to make sure nothing goes down. Exactly. 
Chuck Norris could make sure nothing goes up, James. <laughs> Did you know that Chuck Norris is the only person that can punch a cyclops in the eye, in between the eyes? <laughs> no, I did not. I know he's uh, actually is quite good, but I'm quite surprised by that. It's amazing how much Chuck Norris can do, really, you know? It is. Well, you know, another thing that he can do. It is considered a great accomplishment to go down Niagara Falls in a wooden barrel. Chuck Norris can go up Niagara Falls in a cardboard <laughs> box. So Chuck Norris, keep an eye out for anybody that might call. He's done a good job so far. But someone is, in fact, making their way down to ringside. Looks like it's King Kong Bundy. Oh, he's going to be King Kong Balls if he's going to come face-to-face with Chuck Norris. One thing you don't want to do is mess with Chuck Norris. I think King Kong Bundy realises it now. Well, Chuck Norris was once on Celebrity Wheel of Fortune and was the first to spin. The next 29 minutes of the show was consisted of everyone standing around awkwardly waiting for the wheel to stop. (laughs) And now Bam Bam Big Red coming down. And Bam Bam wants some. Well, Bam Bam, he mustn't have heard that Chuck Norris once uppercutted a horse. And that's where drafts came from. (laughs) (laughs) And these two big men, I mean, the the weight between them, at least 800 pounds. At least nine, ten hundred pounds. And the the action in the ring is still going on, but everybody's just looking at Chuck Norris. Oh, wait a minute, IRS is in the ring. He's attacking The Undertaker. Chuck Norris can't see it. We need to look around this corporation. Just dominate the Undertaker now. Well, the casket lids raids as well, so Chuck Norris can't see over that. Well, IRS has successfully choked out the Undertaker and deposited him in the casket. And now you've seen all he's got to do is shut the casket lid. And the victory's his, and Undertaker is out. And that is one huge casket as well. It's got to fit Yokozuna in it if he does indeed go into it at any point. But Yokozuna can't even get up. Now Yokozuna's going to lean over. Yoko unsteady, but going to shut the coffin. No, Undertaker's managed to rise out of the coffin. Grab Yokozuna around the throat. And look at shock on Yokozuna's face. And here comes Jeff Jarrett. He decides to confront Chuck Norris. Oh! He super kicked Jeff Jarrett so hard that he's left Sal to the great beyond. Well, not only now, I think he left for WCW straight after. Didn't want to get any of Chuck Norris. And then when Chuck Norris appeared on Nitro, he left... Nitro. And now the Undertaker, a huge uppercut on Yokozuna. Yokozuna reversed the Irish whip, but Undertaker built no head of steam. And a DDT, and Yokozuna don't know where he is. Undertaker sits up. Yokozuna struggling to get to his feet. Big boot to Yokozuna, who falls straight into the casket. And Undertaker's got a Japanese flag. Snaps it over his knee. Throws it in the casket with Yokozuna. And slams the casket shut. And the Undertaker wins. He points at Chuck Norris says, the only reason I won is thanks to you, which which is true now looking at it. Indeed, yes, Yokozuna was indeed too scared to get up in case he did come too close to Chuck Norris. And it is a ridiculous moment as the Undertaker buries Yokozuna and finally gets redemption, all thanks to Chuck Norris. Indeed, yes, as Paul Bearer holds the biggest urn. I think it must be the urn that contains the ashes of Yokozuna. <laughs> you can see Chuck Norris looking on. He means business. <clears throat> well, Chuck Norris is going to throw The Undertaker a party, and I mean, he is literally going to throw a party. <laughs> While The Undertaker was younger, he was playing in the sand. Chuck Norris used to play in concrete. <laughs> <laughs> well, that is Chuck Norris, and that is the top three most ridiculous moments in Survivor Series history. So, uh, what do you think, Dan? Are they ridiculous enough for you? Absolutely ridiculous, yeah. 
I mean, Chuck Norris, I, I, I understand why he didn't get in the ring because it wouldn't have been a match, would it? No, it would have been a, a mauling. It would have been unfair. Uh, but that is it. And, of course, that's building towards we're going to have a most ridiculous next month. That will be back. And what a cracker time we'll have for you then. But now back to Survivors 2019. We are gonna. A lot of things have just happened on the kickoff show for Survivor Series. We've got a couple of bonus matches, as it was. We've got the tag team battle royal that we get onto in just a second. But late tonight, the cruiserweight title is on the line with Leo Rush defending as well. But we're not going to count these as prediction points because WWE don't care enough, do they? No. Um. You know, we're going back to. Uh, I think it was a year or two ago when they had uh, Raw doing the clean sweep. I think SmackDown won on the kickoff, and they said, "Yeah, it don't count." Yeah, I mean, but. That we like heavy machinery, Ziggler and Rude, Street Profits, and uh, a lot of other teams as well. If you were going to say someone at the moment, who would you go for? Uh, I, I could never discredit um, Big Doze and Tucker. Uh, you know, I'll go for heavy machinery all day long. Well, I thought it was going to be Imperium, but they got eliminated. So I'm going to say the revival uh, and then see how long they last. And of course, like I say, Lyra. Oh, oh, wait. <laughs> I well, Otis has just been eliminated. <laughs> Maybe not going to last. But this is interesting now because it means the matches even up and it can be 2-2-2 two, two, two as they head into the, the main event match, which I suppose they're always going to do um, anyway. So, Dan, are you, if you're ready, let's run through this card that we've got. We'll start with a no holes barred match for the W title, Roman Mysterio versus Brock Lesnar. How do you think this is going to go? I think um, we're never going to see Rey Mysterio again after this match. <laughs> <laughs> no, uh I think the no holds barred match works in Rey Mysterio's favour. Uh, that that could be seen as a plus, and Brock Lesnar works better with smaller guys and people he respects, which Rey Mysterio is both of them. Yeah, I mean he's got a track record at Survivor as well, hasn't he? Recently with people like uh, Daniel Bryan and of course AJ Styles. So maybe we'll see that in this match here tonight. Do you think it will be? Um, a, a, it could be into the number of factors could come play. Maybe we might see Kane Velasquez. Um, yep, Cain Velasquez, we could see Dominic, we could see a, a complete different surprise. I, you know, you just, you don't know, you can always uh, try and expect the unexpected, so to say. Yeah, without a doubt. Uh, it's been, I mean, yeah, Dominic accidentally costing his dad, and then maybe the few continue. I don't want Lesnar to win and then disappear again and come back rumbled, you know? Okay, so fantasy booking, what would be your best outcome for this match? My best outcome for this match, Lesnar wins in 10 minutes after really good back and forth. And then Lesnar, uh, he's, he's going to take December off anyway, and then Rumble have another challenger. Yep, yeah, that's that my sounds... best case. And there's nothing, you know. That that doesn't sound like it's, uh, it's a fantasy book. And that seems more like what's going to happen. <laughs> yeah. um, my fantasy booking would be Rey Mysterio to win. Clean without the help of Dominic, without the help of Cain Velasquez. Though. No, I'm, I'm just saying my fantasy book, and I think Rey Mysterio, he's uh, a tenured wrestler. He's, you know, he's been around for a while. And, uh, yeah, I think that would be how I'd like to see it going down. Right, well, it would be interesting to see what happens. It has potential to be a good match, but it has a, a potential to be over in a couple of minutes as well with less than just a couple of suplexes and an F5. I hope it doesn't happen. That way. And then the Universal title match, Daniel Bryan versus The Fiend. This is very much kind of similar in a weird way, isn't it? 
It is, again, you know, it is uh, the underdog Daniel Bryan going against the rejuvenated fiend in Bray Wyatt. These two guys have got a lot of history together, you know, going back years and years from when Daniel Bryan kind of infiltrated the uh, the Wyatt family and suckered them in with a ruse, managing to uh, get to the inside and then uh, kind of defeating Bray Wyatt from the inside. Something that happened later on in time with Randy Orton as well. Um Again, you know, something I'd like to see is uh, Daniel Bryan getting battered throughout the whole thing. Kind of urging himself in, you know, just yes, 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 coming back and either getting a victory or coming as close as anyone could ever come to Fiend in a defeat. The, the Fiend has to be careful because after a while of no-selling, it needs to go and kind of undertake, undertake a territory as it was of the kind of the way he did it. He didn't ruin moves, did he? It was just kind of after he took a move, that was when he first got up, and that's what the Fiend kind of has to learn with this thing. And I think Daniel Bryan's one that can definitely work with it. A Bryan can put hurt on him and maybe work the Fiend in a different way that we've seen uh, Seth Rollins do, you know, attacking the arm or the leg in, in that way. I, has this storyline got potential, Dan? Has it got staying power? Would you want to see one and done? Um, I think it has got potential because, you know, again, with some of the likes of Daniel Bryan, he certainly is a... A brilliant worker. Um, I'm not sure kind of what Bray Wyatt's going to be able to do next after this. You know, is it just going to be another quick feud with someone else and then run on to the next one? Is it just going to be destroying people? I, I just don't know. Yeah, it'll be interesting to see what happens. Uh, the winner of the Battle Royal was Dolph Ziggler and Robert Roode, one of the greatest tag teams of all time. Uh, when was your man ever won anything like this? They actually get a trophy as well to celebrate them as the winner? Or is that the trophy that's going to be happening at the end of the night? I'm not sure, but they eliminated the Street Profits. wasn't a bad match. It looked quite enjoyable, actually, for what it was. And they actually have got a counter at the bottom of the screen. And SmackDown has gone one nil nil up. Yes. Next match. Uh, the next match is an NXT title match. Pete Dunne earned his place in this match last night, defeating... Um, Oh, Killian Dane and uh, Damian Priest. Damian Priest in a very, very good match, and uh, yeah, he's going against the NXT champion Adam Cole, baby. And you got quite strong views on this match of where it can be, what it can do. Absolutely, yes. Um, you know, Adam Cole, he could come out. He could be, you know, he could have a few cracked ribs. He could have uh, a serious injury. Even though he's been cleared to wrestle tonight and Pete Dunne could utilise that, seeing as though he, uh, well, he, compared to Adam Cole, is going to be fresh as a daisy for this match, isn't he? He is, but, I mean, it's got a chance to steal the show, hasn't it, you know? Absolutely, yeah, it's um, it's a huge match. We've never, ever, ever seen a bad Pete Dunne match, and Adam Cole, as much as he is a dickhead, I think he has ample talent in the ring. Yeah, I think without a doubt, I think it's, it depends how they play what happens, but I may be expecting Undisputed Era to get involved. Depends where they pull it, as long as it's not kick-off. I think that's fine, but it's great to see Pete Dunne getting on the WWE pay-per-view, isn't it? You know, it's been too long for it to happen, now finally we're going to see it. Absolutely, yeah, and um, you know, I hope it's not just a, a one-and-done thing for him for a while until he's done with NXT. I hope it's it could be a regular occurrence. And then we've got the Raw Women's Champion Becky Lynch versus the Women's Champion Shania Baszler for NXT. 
and of course SmackDown's Bailey as well. Uh, I think this match has potential to to really put on a great show. I think Becky Lynch has been a fantastic Raw Women's Champion. She really has, you know, carried herself. And uh, even in the ratings, you know, when, when the highest segments have been with Lynch in, Baszler's held the NXT torch quite well. And I've always been a fan of Bailey. These three women, if it gels tonight, could really have a great match, couldn't they? Absolutely, yeah. yeah I can kind of um, see Becky Lynch and Bailey. The enemy of my enemy is my friend kind of thing, you know, going uh, as a two of the four horsewomen going against one of the horsewomen of MMA and uh, kind of getting in Shayna Baszler's face. Will we see Jessamine Duke and Marina Shafir to kind of uh, even the numbers in their favour? Will we see Charlotte? Will we see Ronda Rousey? Well, these are all questions. I mean, you know, Ronda Rousey, she's part of the women's MMA for horsewomen and she absolutely hates Becky Lynch happened at WrestleMania. So yeah. and that would be an excellent point to move on to their feud maybe leading to WrestleMania as well. Uh has Bailey been overlooked in the lead up to this? Has it been more about Lynch and Baszler? Again, you know, is this kind of coy booking? Is it like, you know, well we're gonna focus mainly on Becky Lynch versus Shayna Baszler and completely discredit Bailey and then the old shock zinger is Bailey's probably gonna win it and get the pinfall victory. Yeah, well that's what I hope. Uh, so we'll see what happens, but like I said, it has true potential. Tonight, depends how they do it. If it's standard WWE fair, it won't work, but if they add a little bit of NXT energy to it, it has it has a potential to be a really good night. Uh, next one is Royal Tag Team Champions of Viking War Raiders Experience versus the Undisputed Era versus the New Day. Again, um, <sighs> you just really don't know how this is going to go, do you? Uh, all of them, apart from Kofi Kingston, are kind of NXT alumni. So, will that play a part of things? You know, um, Viking Raiders haven't really been doing much of note, have they? You know, they've been squashing local competitors. The Undisputed Era, we saw them last night in war games. They got completely obliterated. Will they be 100%? New Day, I mean, you know, they have a former WWE champion in their midst. Will that kind of mean something to them? Uh, and obviously the formidable force of uh, Big E as well. Viking Raiders, Prince of War, Eric and Ivor. I mean, you know, they're two big guys. Uh, have, have they been discredited? Have they not done enough to uh, warrant themselves? Yeah, they've been they've been put with jobbers too many times, haven't they? Just squashing opponents, which is good and fair. But when you're champions, you need to be defending the title certain place. I mean, the New Day, are, this is going to be a perfect match for the New Day. This is what they're good at. You know, multi-man tag team matches and stuff like this is this is their bread and butter, so to speak. I'm upset what they've done with Kofi Kingston, and Kofi's a, is a, a consummate professional and a company man. We talked about McIntyre earlier being a one-time champ if it ever happens. Kofi may never get another chance again. He's been given the tag team titles, and he's he's got a smile on his face. He's just gone about his business. You know, you talk about a real pro. That's why everybody respects Kofi Kingston for. And they have the ability, these three teams, to have great match here tonight uh, if if WWE kind of let them to it, you know. The rival, no Viking Raiders experience. Not Viking, yeah, the other people know the Viking Raiders experience. And also with... It's, it's, I think it should be a cracking match. Absolutely, yeah. I mean, if they... Uh, the only thing that I'm kind of worried about throughout this whole card is where it's so stacked... That either they're going to have to run the Hulk show for a very long time or they're going to have to squeeze a few short matches. And I don't want them to kind of squeeze a short match out of an NXT wrestler because it's not how they do things. You know, they're used to having 
at least 20 minute matches at least 30 as far as these matches sometimes go like war games in a half hour or whatever that is so it'd be interesting to see hopefully the title matches aren't that long as in you know the universal and, and wwe and i still think it's going to go three and a half hours you know the main show yeah um but up next the united states champion aj styles North America champ Roger Strong and Shinsuke fucking Nakamura. Again, this is a match that could melt your eyes. I mean, we've uh, had the anti-climax of AJ Styles versus Shinsuke Nakamura. Uh, will their past rivalries come to head again? You know, they're on separate shows. They haven't really faced off for a little while, but I'm sure there's still a bit of hatred between them two. Throwing Roderick Strong, who is a brilliant all-round performer as well. All three of them have got completely differing styles. You know, you've got AJ Styles with a bit of old school, but he kind of mixes it up. Roderick Strong, you know, his uh, his backbreakers are going to be great. And uh, obviously with uh, Nakamura, the king of strong style, it's just going to be a really good kind of mix of talents in there. And again, it should be an absolute barn burner given the time. It's, have they dropped the ball with Nakamura? Is he ever going to be a main eventer again? Or will he, you know, next time the contract comes around, will he say to himself, I might go back to Japan? Have they kind of lost out on what could have been with him? I don't think so, no. Again, I think it's something that they're keeping under their hat. You know, they're keeping a, a, a closed lid on Nakamura, just like a few other wrestlers. They're not, you know, they're not pushing them straight away. They're not chucking them over to main event, but they're not giving them straight up into the limelight. You know, they're giving them, right, you've had a little taste got a good fan reception we're going to bring you back down a little bit and then you know when the time's right we strike and it could be something fantastic yeah and i think tonight again like i said with time i've got a whole feeling they're gonna be rushing through this but aj styles has been you know a, i, I want to say great united states champion he's been good but it's kind of given you know it's been given to him after what he did with smackdown for a couple of years uh and aj styles with a club that kind of just Treading water at the moment, they need something a little bit more. Hopefully tonight will be the springboard to it. And then we've got the men's traditional Survivor Series elimination match. Again, you know, I, I don't see how Raw can't do this. I mean, Seth Rollins, Randy Orton, Ricochet, Kevin Owens and Drew McIntyre. I mean, that is a team that both of our wet dreams are made of. I mean, it is a monster team, you know. Uh, when you think about everything that's involved in it, Randy Orton, Drew McIntyre, Ricochet, just that, you throw in Seth Rollins. The question is now, after last night's takeover, where does Kevin Owens' allegiance lie? And will Raw allow him to compete in this match? Absolutely. Um, you know, will there, will there be fingers pointed? Will he be classed as a weak link? Um, Roman Reigns, Shorty G... Ali, King Baron, and Braun Strowman. I mean, you know, Roman Reigns and Braun Strowman. Uh, you could even chuck Baron Corbin in that, you know. They've got three absolute monsters of men. Uh, one of them a monster among men. Um, you know, you've got them three that are going to be kind of taking all their hits. And then you've got Shorty G and Ali kind of with their technical, brilliant technical abilities. i got a feeling Reigns is going to get caught up with Corbin. Strowman, I'm not sure, but you might see something heroic from maybe Ali tonight uh, coming down. Team NXT has been announced by Shawn Michaels, and that's going to be Tommaso Ciampa, obviously, yeah. Damien Priest, Matt Riddle, bro, Keith Lee, and the NXT UK champion, Walter. What are your thoughts? <laughs> well, you know, just having Walter on there as well. Um, Keith Lee, I mean, he put in a very impressive performance on... Uh, 
at War Games. You know, you can't take that away from him. Uh, is a very formidable team, you know, especially with Tommaso Ciampa as well. Yeah, I think with with Ciampa leading the line, we're gonna, and hopefully we we'll see a key flea moment. Uh, Walter will be interested. I still feel isn't he still undefeated in WWE? Walter, yeah. He's I'm not, not sure. I don't think he's lost. So it'll be interesting to see how he's protected here tonight, whether we see someone interfering or if it's a count out. I would be very surprised if we saw him pinned. But then again, Anarcho can put anyone like you said. Absolutely, yes. And, uh, you know, Volta's probably one of the few people in this whole thing that hasn't been RKO. So I think uh, Orton needs to add to his uh, RKO count. Do you see Orton being a sole survivor again? How do you feel this way is, is going tonight? Of course. Um, well, I'd love to see Orton as a sole survivor. I, I, I'd like to see Raw win this one and Randy Orton being one of the survivors. Yeah, no, I, 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 I would. I don't know if I want to see Raw. I want to see performance. I wouldn't mind seeing that. And uh, like I said, what was happening to SmackDown, NXT are kind of the, the different one in this one. And then we've got the Women's Traditional Survivor Series Elimination match. Yes, uh, Captain Banks with Carmella, Dana Brooke, Lacey Evans, Nikki Cross. Um, that doesn't sound like the strongest of teams. I mean, you know, only two of them, Sasha Banks and Nikki Cross, are probably the formidable objects in that. Yes, you have got former WWE Women's Champion Carmella um, and Lacey Evans. I mean, she came a bit close and she's oh, she irritates me. Yeah, but she has got the women's right. And Dana Brooke might be the kind of uh, the wild card thrown into it in that team. But I think Sasha Banks, we saw her on SmackDown. She led the whole SmackDown roster. That's how much respect the boss has got. So there's no doubt she wants to go into a victory on, in SmackDown, does she? You know, she wants to get that victory. What about Team Raw, Dan? Uh, Team Raw, you've got Charlotte Flair. I mean, you know, who else? But Sarah Logan, Natalia, and you've got the women's tag team champions, the Bukaki Warriors. Oscar and Kari Sane. And you put Charlotte and Oscar on a team, and that's what uh, well, I'm going to bet. Because I love Oscar anyway, and I always go for it. But with Charlotte involved in that, I can only see a victory for Team Raw. Team NXT, though, is throwing it up. And we've got Ray Ripley, who's saying it's going to be Candice LeRae, Bianca Belair, Io Shirai, and Tony So, do you think we're going to see an Io Shirai, Kari Sane face-off? I think we will, but I think NXT got problems in itself when you think Bianca Belair and Io Shai teamed up, but opposite Candice Ray. We know the beating Candice took last night, and that would be difficult. But again, Oscar involved as well. Will we see something going on there? Absolutely. Well, will um, Tony Storm kind of have to act as a peacemaker? I mean, you know, two of these women faced off against another two of these women last night in war games. Exactly, that's what I'm saying. And the, the thing is with NXT as well, is that most of these women have been associated with it. So when we talk about who you can trust here, everybody's got association. It could be anybody who turns on that. Do you see anybody turning on any teams tonight? Any members or anything like that going down? Um, I think it's always something that kind of, it either adds to try and start a storyline or it kind of protects someone in the match. So there is a potential... Where, I have no idea. Yeah. Um, <laughs> Hopefully it's a surprise. <laughs> yeah. Well, that's, you know, that's always nice to see throughout it. But it, this whole thing, it does have the potential to be a very good card. 
depending that they get given good time in the right places. Yeah, I think without that, I think that is vital here tonight. But W Papers lets down, and after full gear last weekend, and of course takeover last night. As far as tonight, it's got a lot to live up to. What you expect? What are your hopes and aspirations, Dan? What your what's your best case scenario tonight? What's um, your worst case scenario tonight? My best case scenario is that we get a potential match of the year candidate with Pete Dunne and Adam Cole, because them two they can. They can deliver. Uh, worst case scenario is pretty much anything involving an NXT wrestler gets less than 10 minutes. <laughs> yeah. You know, and NXT just get made to look like a complete inferior roster when, you know, everyone knows that it definitely isn't. And I think that is the thing that's... Tonight, it's NXT's turn to really show up. And as we've seen already on the kickoff of SmackDown winning, it's going to be quite equal tonight. But who will come out on top and who will have the final say? Is Triple H pulling the strings, you know, here tonight? Um, that's it from the car. What am, I, what am I hoping for? I'm hoping for a great pay-per-view. A pay-per-view that doesn't feel like a slog. You know, that goes along quickly and gets me invested. Has some great matches and stand-up moments. I can't remember the last time a W pay-per-view had a, a great match in it you know what i mean like a cracking match like a kind of either classic like five star or a match that you go oh yeah i could watch that again this week absolutely but with the inclusion of nxt i think that is a real possibility tonight if there ever was a chance tonight is it uh it's been a, a great weekend isn't it? have you enjoyed doing the live shows now I, I, I always love doing the live shows it's uh you know you never know what we have a good mass debate we play a few little games we we have a laugh. We, you know, we cover a lot throughout our live shows. Without a doubt. And we've still got a lot to come. And we're going to talk about our schedule now. And, of course, like we said, NXT TakeOver War Games will be released on Wednesday. And we can't wait to give you that. We find out who finally won the NXT Prediction League. Indeed, yes. We've got Survivor Series on uh, next Sunday as well, which we're going to be... Recording straight after the kickoff show. Yeah, we cannot wait to stay up for another near enough four hours to do that for you. Uh, and then the 8th of December, we'll bring you WWE Starcade, uh, one of the last ever WWE events. And uh, it, it's, it's going to be quite something in December. Absolutely. And on the 15th, due to popular demand from three listeners, we are bringing back the most ridiculous moments. We gave you, we're going to give you a little teaser of it. Uh, when earlier tonight oh, tonight sorry I've, <laughs> I've done so much recording over this weekend it all merges into one but yeah we gave you a little teaser we gave you three uh ridiculous survivor series moments um you know that's just we're just getting you warmed up yes. for it we're just easing you in gently but we've obviously doing a lot of looking into that as well yeah and then we're what we're gonna do we're actually gonna change up we're gonna have a british special because we are gonna go see uh, IPW Undisputed Free with Joey Ryan. So we'll bring you a very special episode about British wrestling. We might include TLC on there as well. So we leave uh, what everybody knows the Dublin for. I think this time of year now, everybody should be excited because the Dublin podcast kind of it's it's just kind of sound familiar. It's like a warm pair of you know shoes, isn't it? You know, because what have we got coming? We've got the Christmas special on the twenty second. Yes, well. we're gonna make our way, we're gonna make our way to a beautiful snow covered lodge up in the mountains because we've got a lot of mountains in England, as yes, you well know. There's a fucking loads, and there's one there. Look, see, uh, yeah, it's a molehill. You're making mo- a mountain out of a molehill, <laughs> yeah. James. We're gonna go Christmas cottaging, and uh, we cannot wait. Treats set up. Dan, of course, is cooking. 
their dinner. And then the 29th, obviously, we're going to have the year-end um, awards. The WNR Awards, if anybody's ever listened for, what are the WNR Awards, Dan? Uh, well, we've got a, a few categories that we go through. Best wrestler, best moment. Um, Johnny Gago Award for most punishment taken during a match. There is loads, and throughout the year, we keep adding more and more categories. Um, and we, you know, we kind of... We, we just get all of our things. We post our votes, and then, like you know, we kind of decide between the two of us, or if, you know, or we just choose who gets our own personal award for the moment. Yeah. RKO of the year, as well as another special award that's close to my heart. Yeah, we've got so many, and we love this time of year as well. So festive, and then the year-end show where we we got the year-end predictions a year ago. We locked and put in a vault our, our predictions for what would happen and what would happen in WWE and NXT at the end of December. And we always think we do well. And this year we're going to find out because if anybody does, it's Dan because uh, it's going to be it's going to be quite tight this year. It is going to be very tight. Yeah, I mean, you know, we kind of try and predict what the main events <laughs> are going to be for each of the big four yeah. pay-per-views. There's little things, you know, who's going to be holding what titles. We got three. Various predictions. We've got a surprise wrestler leaving, surprise wrestler joining. There is so much that we've kind of uh, bet bet on. And we've got a lot of points still up for grabs. So, you know, it may seem quite far apart at the end of the year. But these points may be the difference maker. Yeah. And it is a big uh, forfeit this year as well. Yeah, I mean, the forfeit is, is going to be announced at the year end. And that's done because we'll see what happens. Uh, and then early in the year as well, January 4th, we'll catch up with NXT. We'll have NXT update catching up with the US version since the takeover here tonight and the UK version uh, as we go towards NXT takeover, UK Blackpool too. And of course, we're looking forward to that. So uh, that is basically it. Dan, there's nothing else to say this week before we head into Survivor Series? Uh, no, just uh, I hope it's a very good show and it is enjoyed by all. So don't forget you can follow us on Twitter at WWE Network Review or at Vince McDan WWE. I'm at Jail Score Rose across all the Google platforms. Send us an email at the WR Podcast and follow us on Instagram at the WR Podcast there as well. We're on Facebook. Yes, Facebook. Come and find our page and give us a like with a WWE Network Review podcast name to be changed soon. Or you can come and find me and add me as a friend. I am Vince McDan. Subscribe to our YouTube channel, the WNR Podcast. Got the latest clips going on there. We've got some cracking stuff on there, like the Young Bucks. And, of course, soon we're going to have Joey Ryan as well, which will be exciting. Uh, and, of course, you can follow podcast up on YouTube. So, there are places like SoundCloud. On your phone. And we're live now. Thanks very much for listening to us over this weekend. And like I said, we're going to move on to bigger and better things. And next year, we're going to change up as well. Of course, this is WWE. But we'd like to celebrate all of professional wrestling now, and that's including everything that we've watched, you know, in the last 48-hour period. Uh, but that is it, and like I say, NXT TakeOver will be out on Wednesday. But thanks, everybody. I have been Jay Frozen. As always, I was joined by Dan White. Right. Bye, everybody. And